Attitude Era podcast, Bono Punko Extravaganza Special Edition. Hello once again, it's Kevin, uh, joined as I am in this bonus look at the summer of punk by my good pal and cohort, comrade, coffee and colleague, Adam, hello. Hello, Kevin, you alright? I'm very, very well. I'm very excited to talk about Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah, me too. It's good to be doing bonus episodes again that aren't reality shows <laughs> loosely linked with wrestling. <laughs> um, even though the new series of Broken Skull Challenge has started on Dave. Oh, it's tempting, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, it's very, very tempting, particularly with a lot of action on Twitter as well, people suggesting UK-based challenges Skull Challenge. for the Broken Skull yeah. Challenge. We got one from someone who tweeted in saying, uh, all y'all gotta stay out here in the rain waiting for the number 35 bus <laughs> I call this bench warfare <laughs> bench y'all gotta colonize my ranch <laughs> tea madness extreme queuing etc but no we decided to go for uh, actual wrestling actual wrestling yeah. because part of we're doing our our new series, we're looking at attempts to recreate the Attitude Era, mm -hmm. and obviously you and I usually do a bit of bonus stuff along the way, and we can't really do UK-based pay-per-views for 2011. Not unless you want to see some awful shite. I mean, there weren't pay-per-views, actually, at this point. No, they there? started doing Raw and SmackDown. Raw, like, random episodes of Raw that happened to be in the UK. Remember that episode of SmackDown in Liverpool, where Vince McMahon came out and he's like, Liverpool? What is that, like a skin condition? <laughs> Come on, cheer, it's WWE and shit. You like these guys, right? Can we review that? Was it SmackDown that was in Italy, where Vince couldn't understand it? <laughs> what are you people? People say, <laughs> Shut up. So what we decided instead is that we're going to look at the Summer of Punk. Uh, so this is going to be happening kind of in parallel with what me, Adam and Billy are doing, looking at The Rock's return. Because people rightly pointed out around the time of our WrestleMania 27 episode saying, hey, you know, a lot of people may have claimed to have been brought in because of The Rock in WrestleMania mm -hmm. 27 and the buzz, but he certainly didn't keep them there. Yeah. And lots of people point to this angle this event especially, and what followed on from here, is what hooked back in a lot of people into wrestling, mm -hmm. centered around the rise of everyone's favorite anarchist and ultimate fighting champion, <laughs> CM Punk. You were one of these people, were you not? Yes, I was. I think I've mentioned it on a couple episodes before now, that um, hearing about the pipe bomb and then seeing that promo on YouTube was what made me go like, oh, hang about, like wrestling might be interesting again. And then because of Punk, I eventually started watching full-time again. Now, that promo, the promo itself, yes. the pipe bomb promo, what was it about that promo that made you kind of go, hang on a minute? Did you, like, think that it was a shoot? Like, he was yes. saying, like, so what was it about? It was It was that whole blood. Like, it wasn't like I was watching it thinking, like, this guy's going off the script. It was literally more like, is this guy going off the script? And just the intrigue of being unable to tell if it was real or not, yeah. that alone made it so fascinating to me. Because, like, I couldn't remember the last time I'd heard about wrestling blurring lines like that and doing something genuinely edgy and yeah. like, out there. It was very much different at the time because when you talk about, you know, worked shoots, if we're going to use that term, yeah. jabroni marks without a life, don't forget if you work yourself into a shoot when you're shooting a work, you will just be worked, and that's a shoot. H-H. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember, like, at the time, thinking, you know, geez, when was the last time we had a worked shoot? It was, like, Joey Styles in 2006. Yeah, when he quit. Like, I quit. I don't like commentating yeah. anymore. Uh, he mocks God! <laughs> just like I mock Barack Hussein Obama. 
<laughs> and women's vaginas. I hate women. <laughs> oh my God, I hate women and I hate liberals and I hate anyone who says that there's Joey Styles in the drowned earth on his own, <laughs> floating around on a broken commentary table. There's no climate change, Barack Hussein Obama. Other than Joey Styles, we hadn't really had many uh, no, work shoots. I saw this live. Right. As in, not to say I was there in the arena. But you were watching I, Raw. I was watching Raw during the peak um, in university and had a bit of spare time on my hands and also wasn't sleeping particularly well. Yeah. So that fuck it, I'll watch Raw live every week, you mm. know, stay up until all hours. And I remember like thinking I was literally wasting my life because mm. I was watching the build up for Or Truth and John Cena. <laughs> At fucking Capital Carnage. <laughs> at like three in the morning. So I said Capital Carnage. I wish Capital Punishment. Oh, yeah. They didn't go with the wordplay. They went with the thing that meant killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Actual Capital Punishment. Because, like, after SMA 27, it was fucking bleak. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, you, you didn't watch after 27? No, no, I, I, I caught that one show at the bar, and I was like, that oh, was fun, but I'm not interested in wrestling enough to keep watching now. Because what you had between WrestleMania 27 at this point was the R-Truth feud, mm. Little Jimmy, uh, you had R-Truth coming out with no music, and also The Miz getting buried so hard that you think that by getting a concussion, he wronged WWE somehow <laughs> in that main event. But this promo, seriously, I remember... Like, I was in that kind of, I'm fucking going to bed. Hang on a second. What's going on here? And there were certain lines in it that made me go, no way is this a is this a work. Mm. No way. Like, when he mentioned Brock Lesnar mm. and Paul Heyman. You got to understand, 2011, such a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, Brock wasn't back yet, was he? Brock was not back. Brock was never like, what? Brock Lesnar? Okay, no, he's out of here. He's, he's UFC champion at this yeah, point in time. Yeah. Paul Heyman, that name is like the only thing we heard about Heyman was that maybe he'd be buying TNA. Heyman and Vince hate each other. No fucking way they'd allow this. And then I remember the line that really made me think that maybe it was real was when he said, I'd like to think that this company would be better off when Vince McMahon died and then his idiotic son-in-law and doofus daughter, whatever was he called, he was very specific. Yeah. It just reminded me like CM Punk was doing a honky-tonk man shoot at Pretty this point. much. No, he genuinely was, yeah. yeah I'd like to think this pays me better off when he died but his idiot son-in-law and his doofus fucking daughter her name was Stephanie. I'm gonna fucking run it into the ground. Can't run a wrestling company. So, I mean, I thought it was real. Well, at, at the, the time, time. I, I didn't even know who Colt Cabana was back then, but just knowing that he was just saying hello to his best friend through the camera, like, you're on TV, you're on WWE, you can't just do whatever you feel like. Maybe like, I'll go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, or Ring of Honor. What? Yeah. As far as I was concerned, in WWE canon, the only wrestling they've ever had there was that one time they came over to do Smackdown where JBL wrestled the giant blow-up Godzilla doll. Oh, yeah. I didn't even really know there was wrestling <laughs> in Japan. Good Lord. So it sent shockwaves. Mm. And I do remember this being the serious first time that there was a genuine buzz on Twitter. Because people were excited about The Rock coming back. Yeah. But they were excited along the lines of, here is The Rock, we like him, he is back. Can't wait to see him at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bit of a shame about WrestleMania. And then that was it. <laughs> With Punk, though, everyone was intrigued in the way you want wrestling fans intrigued. What's going to happen on mm -hmm. Raw? 
What does this mean? He's leaving the company with our championship. Yeah. What in God's name is going to happen? So, when we're going into this pay-per-view, we are surrounded by all of this hype. Hype which you could compare to WrestleMania 27, which did come in with a lot of hype. Mm. Reminding about 2011, on the other hand, has the distinction of actually, at the time, people were very happy with the hype and how it lived up. But what we're going to do when we're looking at this now is see that in the intervening five to six years, if it has held up, because I think Punk is someone who's lost a little bit of his luster yes. in recent years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you off the bat, I mean, you weren't that impressed or taken aback when you first saw CM Punk at WrestleMania 27, you had said. Yeah, the, the very first time I was ever exposed to him, I was just like, yeah, I, I didn't like think he was bad, but I didn't really like feel, oh, this guy's incredible. It was just like, he was just a wrestler. Nice to, armband. Yeah, yeah to, to, to an outside fan, it was just like, he's another guy. Like, yeah. I don't really have any feelings on him one way or the other. It was all this angle that really exposed me to who Punk was. So did you get like a sense of like who Punk, what Punk was about like straight away from that promo? Like, did you want to see him wrestle? What did you oh, think was a- happening? Like, absolutely. what was your thoughts? Like, he was the most intriguing wrestler ever. All of a sudden, because as much as I would love back when I was a huge fan, people like Austin and Kane, I'd never seen a wrestler just go off on one on TV like. At the height of Monday Night Raw, like and after the main event match with everyone watching, wearing a Steve Austin T-shirt, yeah, Steve Austin shirt, just fucking sat cross-legged. Like the whole thing was just like, this is not how it's done. This is not how wrestling works. And that's why it was so interesting. It was like, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> that he can just do whatever he wants. He's got a microphone and like the bit where he brings up be a star and then suddenly they cut his mic off. That again was like. This Something's not re- right yeah. here, yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't even really about him as a wrestler. Like, I wanted to see him wrestle because I was intrigued by the man, but it was more just sort of like, why has this guy got such balls that he just, like... How has he ended up in this position where he's just saying whatever the fuck he feels like in WWE? Because I didn't know anything about him or how he'd been mismanaged or booked or the reasons why he was so I mean, we all kind of figured that people were unhappy and, you know, that there was shit going on, you know, most of the fans at the time. But, I mean, unless you were, like, someone who was religiously, like, you know, subscribed to your Observer and reading all the dirt sheets, regular fans may not know that there was this level of kind of disgruntlement, for lack of a better term. A lot of people will point to this and say this was CM Punk like peaking. This was his big moment. And mm. he never had a moment bigger before or since. Mm. I think I'd agree with that. I, I think. think if I, like, looking at CM Punk now as a whole, I look back and I do think that this promo is, like, his his yeah. accomplishment, his achievement. Mm-hmm. Because even if it was only for a short amount of time, we're looking into this pay-per-view now in a second, this whole atmosphere that we had to go from the toxic swamp of WrestleMania 27 where no one gave a fuck to have everyone be like wrestling's gonna be amazing mm-hmm. the last time people were hyped up in any way was when the Nexus oh. <laughs> it's the NWO man they're coming back <laughs> so we had the intrigue again and we're going into this pay-per-view now will this intrigue live up to the hype is Punk's uh, current situation and how he left and everything, is that going to tarnish this? Is this the starting point of the new style of wrestling that became so popular and changed WWE away from that gross pit that it was in for WrestleMania 27? Or was it just more of the same? Was CM Punk just a spoke on the wheel, as he said? Well, let's look at Money in the Bank 2011 and find out. When the clock strikes midnight... midnight. My contract comes to an end. I am leaving. I am leaving with the WWE Championship. 
Do I have everybody's attention now? I have the balls to say things that nobody else has to say. This company, inside and outside the ring, are filled with shameless ass-kissers. Vince McMahon surrounds himself with yes-men. Maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, 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 dead. John, you're the 10-time WWE champion. You're the man. You're a dynasty. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. There's one thing you're better at than I am. Kissing Vince McMahon's ass. If CM Punk defeats you, CM Punk the next day is gonna walk into some other wrestling organization, see what I walked out with. I'm gonna be embarrassed. I will not be embarrassed. I am leaving with the WWE Championship. CM Punk walks out of Chicago with this championship. John Cena! Strikes midnight. midnight. My contract comes to, an end. comes to an end. Say goodbye to the WWE title. Say goodbye to John Cena. And say goodbye to CM Punk. Okay, I want to say, first of all, I would. Treated Money in the Bank 2011 with an almost mythical status at times as being like one of the pay-per-views. Like mm -hmm. it's like Royal Rumble 2000, you know, kind of it's in its own special place. Yeah. WrestleMania 22, it's got its own little space on my DVD shelf. I was upset though when I went onto the network to watch it and I saw the poster for it. <laughs> now this is the one, the poster that had Big Show and Hornswoggle and the oh, magical pop. Oh yeah. ah, look at that with their magical oh. diorama. Oh. It was uh, not necessarily selling the goods <laughs> that were inside there, you know? I mean, Money in the Bank 2011, what's CM Punk going to do? Is he going to leave? Is it a shoot? Is it a work? Let's look in our magical book. Hornswoggle, come look in my... What is it, Daddy? You know? Awful. Awful shit. So we're setting the backdrop here. We're in Chicago, Illinois. Hometown advantage for CM Punk. After a couple of months of feckin' or truth main eventing, we've got a run of amazing TV on the build-up to this one. The little video package that they did at the start yes. here. Oh my god, with the tick and the top. Yeah. Oh my god. I love this because it's like, again, in my head, with Punk being such a figure for like smart fans and for like, you know, not being what WWE wanted, and all the drama and bullshit that happened with Punk afterwards, it's easy to forget that this very much was Punk's show. Like, you look, the amount of emphasis and the spotlight they put on him in this opening package alone, like, it's so easy to be like, oh, fuck WWE and the way they treated Punk. I'm glad he walked out. But, like, man, they were fucking giving him everything they at this point. positioned like, him like... They positioned him in a way that he could not complain. No, not at you all. Know. He is being treated like a god on this pay-per-view. He's been made out that he's legitimate, he's a threat, they mm -hmm. have this whole thing about he's going to leave with the belt. And Vince is scared that that's actually going to happen. But... And one of the reasons why this works so well is because we were in such like such a fucking uptight moment for WWE, alright? We're in 2016 right now, folks, and if you don't realise, right, when you're fucking Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe, yeah? yeah. <laughs> fucking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, do you fucking realise how amazing 
season we have it at the moment. Kota Ibushi's just coming in just for the weekend shows. <laughs> just for a few shots. Oh, are you going to watch the Cruiserweight Classic? <laughs> the Cruiserweight Classic! <laughs> Can you go back in time to 2011 and say that and be like, oh yeah, the new 2K game's got a great wacky universe mode. <laughs> Come on, guys. So for all this to happen in that backdrop was incredible. Mm. And yeah, to your point where Vince is like, kind of, oh my God, he's going to leave with the belt. Like they actually had Vince go, he's going to go and show up in another organization. Yeah. And this is when TNA still had juice. Mm. It had fucking Hogan and Bischoff at least squeezing it for juice yeah so there was like a viable story to be told there and i think that they really like the fact that wb was so uptight and wb was so for lack of a better term shit mm. at that time it made this better very self-aware almost it was it? Like, yeah this was during the time where you couldn't say wrestling mm. and then you would see him punk say i am the best wrestler, wrestler. Yeah. and he and he made such a point and it's like oh my god mm. The wrestler on the wrestling show has called himself a wrestler. <laughs> Seems like a silly point now. <laughs> it's a big deal. I like as well the way that they managed to... Like, Punk still had his moment and said all this controversial shit that was never going to get re-aired. Mm. Like, they're never going to re-air him saying, be a star. Yeah. Or re-air him saying, hey, Cocabana. Mm. But they did manage to take elements of what he said and reframe it. Like, do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah. That was just an innocuous line. In this promo package, though, it becomes a whole setting. Yeah, like, totally. You're going to listen to people like me. You're going to listen to the fans. You're going to listen to people who are pissed off. Yeah. Finally now, I hope you are. Do you know, though, about this whole storyline with him threatening to leave with the belt? He did the exact same storyline. Oh, in Ring of Honor? In Ring of Honor. Yes, I did hear about that, yeah. And except during those days, it was done through MySpace blogs and uh, his <laughs> blog spot and all that jazz. But he did a very similar thing, which was he had threatened to take the Ring of Honor championship with him when he went to WWE. Mm. And of course, that's nothing new. When the Dudley boys were leaving ECW as the heels, they were like, we're going to take these tag belts yeah, with us. Right. It's a real, like... Simple story that's been done over and over again. Mm. Guy is leaving, go take the belt. On the indies, it's been done over and over again. Yeah. Like in WWE, you can't really say the same. With the WWE Championship. The belts, yeah. It just seemed like, whoa, they are kind of playing fast and loose with stuff that you would never expect mm -hmm. them to. I love as well the use of the footage in here as well, fading to black and white at appropriate moments to emphasize how important it is. Mm. And then you <laughs> talk about Vince McMahon. They don't say that he surrounded himself with glad-handed douchebags, but he does include the client about him saying that he surrounds himself with yes men yes. and includes footage of Dolph Ziggler shaking Vince McMahon's hand. <laughs> I do think that's unfair because that was his fucking gimmick for a while. <laughs> Ziggler would be like, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Shake you that hand like, yeah. come on, you know? <laughs> And also as well, the one that really fired up John Cena, who's here to try and save us in this, is John, you have become the New York Yankees. Oh yeah, the franchise. And I've never seen such fire <laughs> yeah. in John Cena's eyes. Don't you fucking dare compare me to a sports team, mate. Adam Bibolo, you truly are the Glasgow Diamonds. <laughs> You've come here for football. Football's your game. Adam Bibolo, you truly are the Leicester City. What? Are the Yankees are bad? I guess. Because they're a big, like, they're not the underdogs. They're the big, big H guy. Heyman wore a Yankees hat. Is that a bad guy? They're the Manchester United of America, I guess. <laughs> mate, everyone loves Manchester United. But they're a franchise. I mean, mate, why did we I moved here? Why did you move here? It was for the footy, wasn't it? Oh, no, mate. I'm a West Bromwich Albion guy through and through. You should know that about me. Boing, boing, baggies, baggies, as they say. <laughs> 
one thing that really kind of ruined this story for me, though, and you could always tell straight away one of the problems with them trying to do new things is that as soon as this storyline was out, people were already giving up on it. Mm. They'll fuck it yeah, up. Yeah, they'll drop the ball. They'll drop the ball. They'll bury it. And the other side, on the other side, you have people going, "Oh, maybe Punk is going to lead a Ring of Honor group, yeah. and Cole Cabana and Paul Heyman <laughs> will come in, and they'll give me a hand job as well, <laughs> and make me, you know, a nice steak dinner. You know, it's like everything. It's either going to be the worst or going to be fucking perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But he saw those elements straight away of it being a bit." shit because John Cena had been threatened to be fired yeah if he didn't win the match led me to go oh Jesus lads what's gonna happen here then you know what they had done a few months previously they had done a storyline where they had fired John oh, Cena. Oh, for fuck's sake. From uh, the Nexus, of course. He had mm. to join and he got fired. Oh, yeah. He was on TV the next week. Of course he was. So, you know, not exactly a big threat there. I do like, though, the ending with the bells tolling. Say goodbye yeah. to the WWE Championship. Time's running out. Say goodbye to CM Punk. Did you think, when you saw this, that he was actually leaving? Yes, I did. I honestly because again I watched the pipe bomb as a casual fan was like this is really interesting so I stayed up and watched Money in the Bank like I literally woke up just to watch the main event and then go back to bed and did you watch any of the subsequent like promos and stuff that he did before that yes, or was it just him the and shit? Vince the contract negotiation oh him and Vince like, that I almost prefer that amazing promo yeah because it's nice and lengthy like it's like almost an episode I apologise you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing is brilliant CM Punk the movie like <laughs> but I, I, I woke up and I watched the, the main event match I did think he was leaving what I thought was going on was his contract was actually coming to an end they thought they'd make it into a work and Cena's going to beat him Punk will go off to the indies yada 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 happily ever after that's what I was positive was going to happen with this I knew as well that he he wasn't his contract was up that mm-hmm. was true but I was like my mind was just they're not doing this unless they are 99% confident they can sign him. Get him to stay. Yeah, get him to yeah. stay. And lo and behold, they did get him to stay mm-hmm. because they gave him basically, you know, one of those, uh, to quote Al Pacino, he gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> it was just one of those situations. So yeah, Punk, I think, depending on who you ask, because Punk was like, I think he said in some interview, he was like, yeah, literally, I was like, going out and like, I signed the contract. Yeah, you know, I don't three think, minutes before the curtain. I like, don't think it was like that, but yeah. I like to think as well that there was, like, when they first started this, I do think it was legitimately like, yeah, your contract is up. But yeah. again, taking a risk, I guess, doing yeah. something a little bit differently. Problem with Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view now, and I wonder if Money in the Bank that's going to be happening subsequently from now on is going to have uh, Donald Trump's theme music playing in the background. Uh, money! Money, 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 China, 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 China. <laughs> Let me get that money is a much better theme song. Yes. I mean, it's in the... Let me get my money. Where's my money? Let me get my money. Oh, where's my money? I would like my money. I seriously need my money. <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got a county court judgment against my name. <laughs> So yeah, Money in the Bank, and we are greeted straight away with a rabid crowd who have ice cream bar signs. Yes, the amount of CM Punk signs in the crowd tonight. Whoa! Like, I get that he's the hometown boy and everything, but I've never seen a hometown crowd so behind one person. I think the only thing I could compare it to, and this is legitimately having watched, you know, a lot of, like, hometown, and for how to wrestling, I've watched a lot of kind of, oh, in their kind of element yeah. with their people, their crowd. The only thing that comes close, I think, was the hearts at the Calgary Stampede. Yeah, that makes sense. I think other than that, though, this was just fucking ridiculous. Rabbit. Because like, it was like the Rob Van Dam 
ECW one night stand yeah. reaction, except instead of 2,000 to 5,000, you've got 20,000. Yeah. Everyone there was fucking rabid for CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this for the main event, I'm saying you know, for the get-go. Yeah. Straight away, there were CM Punk chants when they All cut All throughout the whole card, like almost every match has a CM Punk chant in it at some point. Were you someone who wanted to see ice cream bars come back? Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't have the nostalgia for the WWE ice cream bars, but they look fucking delicious. I would like to try one. And now it's time for the hashtag lamest Twitter moment of 2011. Of which there were many. None of us really knew what we were doing. <laughs> All naked mole rats. There's now. only 140 <laughs> characters. What am I going to do with this? Fresh out of the room. Hi! <laughs> That's my first tweet. <laughs> but yeah, one of the real awkward ones was when everyone started chanting, we want ice cream mm. on an episode of Raw. And then Dave Lagana and all of us who are in the we want wrestling hashtag movement for hashtag we want wrestling. All straight away. They're chanting we want wrestling. Our little moment, or movement with 5,000 followers is, is worldwide. Uh, millions. <laughs> what will we do, Dave Lagania? of her millions come before you? It's fine. You'll never reach the levels of hijack raw cringe like that. <laughs> no. I mean, at least Dave Lagania got a job out of it at the end. Of the end. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the only thing. Oh, what could possibly ruin the precious memories of Money in the Bank 2011? A pay-per-view, by the way, which I had declared... You know, I said at the start here, yep. special pay-per-view, has its own little DVD uh-huh. on the shelf. I thought it was one of my favorite pay-per-views ever. I was thinking, is it possible to be nostalgic for 2011? Yeah. Hey, Kevin, remember the Irish financial collapse? <laughs> remember realizing you couldn't emigrate back home? <laughs> remember <laughs> remember Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and Booker <laughs> T on fucking commentary? Oh. Oh, no. You know what? I actually think... I preferred the WrestleMania 27 yeah. one. Say what you want about Josh Matthews. You can understand the words he's saying. Like, particularly, Booker T is... Ooh. Particularly when we have Josh's voice taken down a few octaves. <laughs> like, I don't... He doesn't need it, but I just like to do it now. Just, I feel it, it gives his voice an extra timber and <laughs> quality. But Jesus Christ, Booker T. Oh. I apologise if our observations tonight are heavily skewed towards Booker T. <laughs> WrestleMania 27 is a distant memory. We know this because Booker says, It's money in the bank, dog. Woof, woof. (laughs) We start off with our SmackDown money in the bank ladder match, where we have Sin Cara, the original Sin Cara. The first Sin Cara. Sin Cara classic. Yeah. We've also got Wade Barrett, Mm -hmm. my boy, that superhero, D. Brine, Kane, Heat Slater, Sheamus, and uh, Justin Gabriel. Yeah. Now, there's a quite a cast of characters here. What a weird bunch. It's never going to get easy looking back at 2011 and seeing the mid-card that never was. Mm. As in, it's this whole group of Charmeleons that will never become a Charizard. Honestly, yes. Yeah. You're just going to get traded away and left in the computer. And I really think, like... It's easy to say that looking back now because fucking most of the guys in this match aren't even around anymore or certainly not wrestling for the company at least. But did anyone ever really believe in this mid-card? Did, like, was there any point where everyone thought like, Justin Gabriel, one day, you know, fucking one day he's going to make something of himself. Or like, what, do you think they were more along the lines of, here are some bodies. Yeah. If they get over, all well and good, but we're not making any efforts. What I mean is like, 
in 2016 now, the mid-card is kind of credible. It's not amazing, but you can sort of buy into a few of those guys being stars one day. The mid-card, at this point in time, I've never seen such a dodgy-looking selection of guys. It's a collection of guys who are either past it, mm. have had their moment come and go, yeah. which is a lot of them. Wade Barrett. Yeah. yeah. Like, ten times over his moment has come <laughs> yeah. and gone. And it's only 2011. <laughs> yeah. It's Jesus gone five years fucking left. hell. Can we talk about Sin Cara here as well? Mm. Now, I know you might get mixed up about it, but this here, that's the original Sin Cara. Yes, you can tell because of the white, white mark on his, uh, on his boot there. His music is fucking rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Every fucking temple level in every shitty yeah. platform ever, or crappy RPG intro, <laughs> Sin Cara has a legendary mask. They say if you collect all the masks and complete the mythical botches of Dingley Doo, that you might be able to make it through a whole match injured and not cry and go home. And then you must defeat our greatest foe yet, Alberto Del Rio. He doesn't believe in our ways. He'll try and take your mask off and stiff you and potato you every chance he gets, because he's a fucker. I will say as well, he is in Booker T's Fae 5. Yes. We get introduced to the Fae 5 here. Quite quickly. He didn't really mention that much of WrestleMania. I think Fae 5 is like a relatively new addition at this point. this summer was when he came up with the Fae 5. He discovered YouTube and set up a vlog. That's what it was. What is the Fae 5 to you, Adam? The Fae 5 can be any number of people, from what I understand. <laughs> like, despite <laughs> its it, name. It can like, be any number of people. It can. That's I it. think on this show alone, he said eight people are in his Fae 5. Like, everyone's in the fucking Fae 5. I did try to keep track of it. Mm. And what's funny about the Fae 5 is that it's something that's so easy to mock and yet it seems to be just beyond the grasp of Michael Cole yeah you're Fae 5 it's and that was it he didn't even <laughs> he just like he either thought of a joke and got scared or like no Vince was in the headset like you fucking lay off the Fae 5 <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with the Fae 5 <laughs> like, you know Wade Barrett comes out. He was the favourite for this one. Oh. That, that statement could literally sum up his career. Yeah. Wade Barrett. He Ooh. was the favourite for Any this day one. Now. Any Keep day an eye now. On him. I have a funny feeling this Barat Barrage is uh, going to take hold at any moment. What is sad is that, like, looking at him here, he looks rubbish. I, in my opinion, this is, like, one of the worst he's ever looked. How come? Why do you like his look? Uh, there's something about him clean shaven and, the like, this, yeah, the hair and his. He's, he was in better shape later on in his career as well. But like, what I mean is that, like, let's say the start of 2016, he looked fucking ripped. He was really over. He was more charismatic than before. He's like, his moveset and his wrestling was better than ever. And yet he was still booked consistently worse and worse as he got better and better as a wrestler. What he looks like here is like kind of that fanfic I wrote where an evil wizard captures Rocky and makes an evil clone of him. And it's, of course, an evil British clone. Well, yeah, because he's evil, because good guy's American, bad guy's English. He's English. Yeah. You know? oh, I'm Rocky Balboa. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a bag. He's, oh, you know. I bet, like, if he fought Ivan Drago, he'd be like, come on, mate, let's have a cup of tea. Like, <laughs> that kind of a thing. What happens next really did knock me for six because I did look at the, at the Masters thing and I had written down Justin Gabriel and all of a sudden I hear, Oh, my yeah, oh, my when you stand next to me, yeah, I know you feel the pain. It's a feeling that you get, and you face the fire now. It's a feeling that you get, yeah, I'm David Otunga. It's all about me. It's all about Otunga. It's all about my wife. So, not David Otunga comes out. No, it's Justin Gabriel. I know 
zilch about Justin Gabriel. He's the um, Cape Town, South Africa yeah. daredevil. Right. And he was a bad guy who did the 450 splash. Bullshit. Mate, look at Justin Gabriel. Ah, oh, 450 that splash. Coward. That could be a thing of beauty instead. It makes my stomach turn. <laughs> Knowing that those flips are all Nexus endorsed flips. <laughs> Every one of those degrees is a betrayal in disguise. Damn you. Oh, the core have broken up at this yes, point. Yes, no, the core. I know. So, I mean, Justin Gabriel is literally pissing in the wind. Yeah. You can tell they haven't got plans for Justin Gabriel. Yeah. If you don't know that, he came out to fucking David Otunga's music. So that wasn't his music as well, then? They had split up the core, and the guy's hand had a chance to establish themselves. Oh, they as didn't individuals. have enough music to go around. So it was literally like, what have we got? Pop it on there, oh, lads. No, it was. No. Well, Heath Slater was even worse. Oh, yeah. He had such pay per view theme music. Yeah, this is the music they play when they're setting up the fucking speakers to test them. Like This is my exact point, though. Heath Slater, again, looks pretty crap here, I'd say. Looks like an absolute joke. Nowadays, better shape. More charismatic, more over, better wrestler, and he's being booked better. Like, I can't help but feel if Wade managed to stick around for a few more months, wait for that, like, 2016 brand split to have happened, he might be booked better now. You know, the reason but- is, though, because Heath Slater was able to build this whole time up, because he was always a decent wrestler. Mm. But I remember this time, people were like, oh, he's been in FCW for, like, six years. Yeah. He's bland, he's generic, one-man band, one-man rock band. I mean... It was lame, and not ironically funny lame, but he was there at the bottom of the card for so long that he managed to build a following. He was constantly getting better. And now, Heath Slater is like the most fucking refreshing, pleasant surprise of 2016. We were talking about it on, like, we did Survivor Series for our HG Wrestling pay-per-view review recently, and it was just like, I've never seen this guy be a face before. Mm. He's got fire. He's like fucking doing comebacks now. He's so over as well. Yeah, because he's been there forever. Baron, on the other hand, when you say... He's the man. He's the threat. Yeah. He's going to beat Randy Orton. Oh, he did. He's going to beat John Cena. Oh, he did. Every step along the way, he was put up on a pedestal yeah. and smashed back it's down. Literally. literally. Bad news. You know? 20 feet in the air. What, what Jerry Lawler was doing when he said, maybe at some point, you won't be around. That was literally like, if you've got like an objective list to, do, to to tear apart every facet of Wade Barrett, that was just one of the lower end ones. Like, yeah. just have Jerry Lawler say, you won't be around. <laughs> Get an achievement for every last horcrux, every last shred of any ability or hope for Wade Barrett we will destroy. But God, yeah, it's shocking to see. Justin Gabriel, on the other hand, I guess the fact that he could never cut a promo. Mm. And he also started claiming to be a werewolf before he left. What? I don't know. Jesus Christ. He's a daredevil, though. And then we get Seamus coming out. Oh, yeah. Who I hated at the time. Mm. I liked Seamus when he beat John Cena for the belt. I was like, hey, we're the local (laughs) lads. You know? Seamus, however, here was, I don't know. I so much prefer his new look and his Yeah, new... I, I know. I, I remember when he debuted um, a couple of years ago with the mohawk and the new gimmick. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Desperately needed. But looking back on this Seamus now, Jesus, he's boring. He's managed to like avoid what happened to Barrett. And I wonder if that was because Seamus was always protected a bit more. Mm. He never got smashed the way yeah. Barrett did. I've always had the feeling that Seamus is one of Vince's boys. Because he's like, even when he's not being used very well, he is still kind of protected and always made out to be a brute. Him and Triple H were workout buddies at one point. Were they? Enough that said. really said a lot, yeah. 
So Daniel Bryan comes out and we have to listen to all of Michael Cole's uh, yeah. Hey guys, I guess even nerds are allowed to uh, enter the money in the bank. Right Vince? Right Vince? It was literally cute for 30 seconds. Like it was, ha ha, you picking on Bryan, but would you shut up now please and call the match? What they've done here at this point with Cole, by the way, is that he's basically moved on from Jerry. Like Jerry's beaten him now and that's all done. So they're cool. But he's still being a heel. Right. So it's kind of like, maybe you won't be around, Cole. It's just Nothing not... was gained from that whole no, thing. No, Cole's still there being a dick. Okay. Right. Whatever. So, That's fine. Just in case you want to go back to WrestleMania 27, because I know you were very much... Uh, in, you love that match so much, Adam. <laughs> it might just chip away one of those gold gilded stars you had up beside that match. <laughs> might be lost. Do you think that Cole and Vince have like a Richard the Hamster Hammond and a Jeremy Clarkson type relationship? <laughs> he's tiny, isn't he? Yes, he's <laughs> tiny. Ha, ha, ha. He's fucking rubbish. You know, just... Yeah. Picking away him like a little bully, like the kind of thing to do with Howard Finkel as well. I get the feeling it's the same kind of environment for that. Like Do you think Vince gives Cole some of his sweets <laughs> at, the, at the end? Like how many sweets do you think Cole got? You're a for good this? boy today, Michael. Hey, all these sweets, yeah. So Brian came out. Now, Booker put Seamus in his fave five. He mm. also said that Seamus was his dog. Yes. But when Brian came out, he said that he was in his Top Faye 5. And he's his pick. And he's his pick. Yes, we've got the dog, Faye 5, Top, top Faye, Faye five, 5, and Booker's pick as well. Fucking hell. So they, they mention here at the start as well, for the record, a bit of an international flair in tonight's matchup. They're watching from all over the world. Wade Barrett's United Kingdom, Sin Cara's Mexico... Also live in Italy, Australia, Switzerland, and the armed forces. There's an Irish guy there! <laughs> Seamus is there! You're the heel, Cole, and he's a heel! What the fuck? What have we got to do to get you to mention? Mate, you got it once. You should just be grateful you had that and then leave it there. Do you think Michael Cole is like everyone in the fucking NHS and just assumes Ireland's part of the United Kingdom? <laughs> it's not! It's not! <laughs> Also watching live in Southern Ireland. It's not that either. It's fucking not that either. Oh my God. Gabriel innovates in this match and mm. no one cares. No. I do think that he, unfortunately, like Shelton Benjamin mm. or kind of like Carlito, he's a guy who's like, put him in this match. He'll do some spots. He's not going to win. No. And that's death for a guy's career. Yeah, he's very talented. He does some good spots in this match. And he clearly, you know, he's good at what he does. But it's just, eh, why do I care? I must say, I was really impressed with this match because it wasn't just a case of like, oh god who the fuck are these guys for us like going back a few years but the crowd I mean mm. these were not this showed you you could barely fill out this money in the yeah. main match you got Heath and fucking Justin Gabriel yeah. you know when you reach into the what music is unassigned folder mm -hmm. for the entrances that you're grasping for your here. money in the bank ladder match that being said though they managed to pull off a match that got everyone invested yeah you know they did get the crowd into it mm. despite them not having much in terms of star power to start off with Brian was amazing in this. He was everywhere at all moments. Cole called him a pest. Booker T, however, called him his superhero, that boy D. Brian. And superhero I, and pick. He's a superhero, is Daniel Bryan, because he did a drop kick. That makes you a superhero. Now, now I, I was quite taken aback, considering this was years before Brian's, like, real peak. I was quite taken aback by how over he is. Now, is that the case for this period, or is that just being a Chicago crowd? Most of it is the Chicago crowd. Right, okay. Brian was typically doing well in the cities you'd expect him to do well. Yeah. But when Brian was coming out in, 
you know, middle of nowhere. Yeah. People didn't know who he uh, was. and he. But he would always, he'd come out to silence. He would always, though, get the reaction in the yeah. match. He, he was someone like a Finley or a Regal in that sense that, yeah, if you're not making noise now, you will be with this match. Wait, we're you gonna see do, me wrestle. Yeah, yeah, if they gave him the chance to wrestle. Mm-hmm. But he Brian wasn't over like he should have been at this point, like mm-hmm. he would have expected. Sin Cara as well. Oh, my God. He gets mm-hmm. so few hope spots and few moments <laughs> in this. Yeah. Like, he was signed after WrestleMania as being, like, the big star. Yeah. You're talking months, and straight away, they're like, no. Nope. Now, again, as an outsider, I remember hearing all this hubbub and seeing these, Really? Yes, Even as an outsider? As an outsider, seeing photos of, like, Sin Cara shaking hands with Vince McMahon at a press conference, and it was like, WWE have signed Mystico in one of the biggest deals ever. I was like, who, who is this guy? But, like, I knew nothing about it, but I was like, well, he must be a huge deal. they never do like, that, like... I guess yeah. he's the Mexican John Cena or something, <laughs> like... And so when I finally saw him wrestle, I was, the fuck? Why was there all this fanfare for this guy? They clearly don't give a shit about him. Like, it's not even like he can't wrestle. It's like they don't even book him well. Like, they don't give a toss. He was alleged to have not given a toss himself in the fact that he couldn't speak English and he wouldn't learn. <laughs> Just wouldn't. <laughs> Just wouldn't I mean, learn. like, it's easy for us to go. Like, I'm, I mean, I've spent years and years trying to study German. I wouldn't hardly call myself bilingual. It's very mm. easy to go, oh, learn to speak English. Most people go, oh, learn to speak the language, aren't bilingual. Mm. It is a bit much, I guess, to expect someone to learn English, but apparently, like, it was just the case that a lot of his stuff ended in miscommunication because yeah. he only could work with certain referees who'd have to translate and the loss have got lost. Oh, my and God. You could find himself, he was working with people who could speak Spanish. Like, they yeah. booked him with Chavo. Yeah. Specifically. So they can talk. And all the guy of that was Chavo leaving the company. Oh. <laughs> so, like... Sin Cara here had done a bit of a boo-boo. He was uh, violating a wellness policy. So this was... Uh, it was common odds that he would be on his way out uh, at the end of this match. <laughs> he gets one rally spot, like, where he clears the ring, and then he's, like, you know, yeah. breaking up his hands, and then Seamus powerbombs him through a ladder. Yeah, that's that. Now you'll see him in 30 days' time, and you'll be feuding <laughs> with your replacement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny, where he's like... They bring him back and he's like, ah, yeah, you know, I'm the real Sin Cara, though. <laughs> it means literally no, nothing. Literally nothing. Being the real Sin Cara is not like being the real Slim Shady or anything, okay? It's not going to get it's you like anything. in The Simpsons when you have the real Principal Skinner, but no one wants him. <laughs> We'd rather have the fraud. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so uh, he gets powerbomb through a ladder and then tied onto a train and driven away. <laughs> And uh, no one could understand him because he would only speak it in Spanish and no one's going to learn to speak Spanish. So I guess, you know, that's the way it is. And as well, not only did he get removed, he was stretched away. Yeah, make a big show of it and everything. Normally when you see a stretcher come out, I was thinking like, oh, they'll get to the ramp and then Sin Cara is going to come back out and have a big spot for himself. Like, nope, he's I, gone. I don't think Sin Cara's there. I kind of go, well, I'm not getting up and leaving right? <laughs> and at the time the time he literally he dislocated his, his finger his baby finger and he was there literally laying there going come on lads where's the fucking stretcher like, call the match know? off <laughs> Wade Barrett is in Booker T's all time fave fight <laughs> why why would he be in your all time top five so fave five top fave five all-time fave five. five. Yeah. I'm sort of keeping score. Keep it on home. the list. Okay. He's got his fave five, fave fives as well, which is his favourite fave five lists, <laughs> sorted in no particular order. We get something which happens so rarely, it only happens for an age. A moment, uh, moment so mythical and so... I mean, you'll always remember where you were, Adam. The day, the night, the moment 
The core reunited. They've had enough. I'll make them see. The core reunionize themselves and they work over Kane. They work over Kane core style in a moment so memorable, I don't remember what it is they actually did. (laughs) And then after that, there's a core deunion as the goons work over Barrett to silence. Lol had Slater outlasting all these other lads. This is one of the most underwhelming are oh, the faction are exploding and they're taking apart their leader at long last they're getting their hands on wade no one gives like literally silence no one gives a fuck about this it's like if the union exploded in 99 <laughs> like and we're like finally apparently the finally un- test is going to get his hands on shamrock the, the, the union did explode as well i don't even remember don't why recall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know you've done your faction bad when you don't even care about them splitting up. No. Because that's the one thing a team should have. It's yeah, like you should the have choose for the breakup. Yeah, unbelievable that they couldn't do that. Like the Rumble, these matches often, and it came very apparent when they started doing multiple Money in the Banks in one night, where it's now Blank does his moves and yeah. clears the ring. Do you think you should be doing two Money in the Bank ladder matches in one night? No, definitely not. I think the Money in the Bank match is something that has been done so... There's like... It's like 20 or 30 yeah. of them at this point now. It's just crazy because I remember thinking, like, you think back to, oh, that Money in the Bank match. I couldn't specify Money in the Bank matches. It's the same with TLCs, I guess. Yeah, they all blur into one after a while. It's very interesting to think that in this time in 2011, when, you know, people were so down on the product that they were punching out so much of the stuff that made people go, wow, in the Attitude Era, mm. like, loads of these high risk matches, multi man matches. You know, if you in the attitude there, if someone's like, yeah, there's going to be two eight-man ladder matches. Like, what? Yeah. Fucking Russo, man. What an idiot. He doesn't know what... Like, they were doing this here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it gets to the point where you actually dread the gimmick match. Like, you know, every year when Hell in a Cell comes around, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to watch two Hell in a Cell. This year it was three. three. <laughs> Come on. Like, and yeah, with Money in the Bank... Two in one night is a bit much. I'll never forget opening the, the show with one as well. Like ugh. I'll never forget the night that Seamus met Randy Orton inside Hell in the Cell. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, loyal viewer. Did they really have a Hell in the Cell match? Was Kevin just playing a trick on me? You're just gonna have to pause and find out. You're back. Yeah, no, they did, didn't they? <laughs> How? They didn't even leave the ring. That's amazing. It almost felt like they did it as a joke. It's like something Owen Hart would do if he was in a Hell in a Cell match. It's incredible. Kane and Sheamus double team Daniel Bryan. And in Chicago, we get to see the Doomsday device as Kane does his top yeah. rope lariat. A moment so cool that Booker T elected to ruin it by saying, Kane just wiped that boy clean. Yeah. I just immediately got you know memories back to my dad asking me when I was three if I could manage when I said I had to go make potty. He just wiped that boy clean. <laughs> <laughs> Brian takes a fucking huge tumble. A really sick bump in this. Mm. Brian was taking sick bumps throughout yeah. the night here in this match. But he takes this huge big fall and Cole goes, Hey guys! Hey guys! You know what you call that, guys? Splat. To which Jerry goes, Is that all you had? Fucking hell. And Michael goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> F- 
fucking culminating. When you watch this live, because I mean, you watch it live and you're so sucked into it, you don't pick up on half mm. of this shit. These lads were fucking hiding in plain sight. Yeah. How bad this commentary yeah. was is shocking. There are points tonight where Cole just says, I don't know how to respond to that. And they just just silence for 20 seconds after that. It's like they don't even know what commentating is at this point. Like, they're not even trying to resemble a commentary team. Oh, they do the thing as well, the little laugh. <laughs> see that little, oh, see that little chuckling tiny... chuckling together, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Billy Gunn after a promo. <laughs> He's over there kind of go, Yeah, Jerry, well, as a matter of fact, that was the incorrect preposition that you used. <laughs> fucking ridiculous Kane chokes Sam Seamus off the ladder onto the ladder at a really sick fucking bump yeah. here really really amazing all the boys gang up on Kane I do like that even in 2011 they still have to you do gotta that. gang yeah. up on Kane yeah and in a spot that was really amazing uh, Justin Gabriel doing the 450 springboard off that ladder in that tiny little space like he could have easily clipped himself on something there was so much mess lying around it's I feel bad for people like Justin Gabriel because now there's so many guys who can be that Justin Gabriel yeah. role that spot except they've got indie name value yeah like fuck what Neville Park Styles yeah. Seth Rollins you know you can just pick anyone they're already somebody like, yeah. yeah you can pick anyone who they had in the Cruiserweight Classic who immediately can do that except what there's an excitement about them yeah Gabriel is like he could do all those things but they just made you so uninterested yeah by him. when he does that 450 in the corner in that tiny little space it's like wow yeah, but cool. unfortunately... That's good. Yeah. That's it. Uh, See you later. Uh, is that all you can do? That's your job of the night done then, really. You've he, done your spot. He could do that. And the other thing that Justin Gabriel was able to do really well was that one time where him and Matt Hardy were coming out to the ring and he held up on the ropes and Matt Hardy just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hardy went over to do his, you know, uh, be one thing. Yeah. Whoa! Like, you know? So maybe like you know the delete thing made this video as a result of that like Justin delayed Gabriel. you know reaction to that hard knock. Brian beats off two men. Who would have thought that Wade Barrett was the one who was going to fall victim to Daniel Bryan? Because when he starts climbing the ladder, I remember watching this live going, "That's it, Wade Barrett's Barrett going to win." Yeah. Everyone straight away. You only could tell everyone's like, "Oh." This lad's gonna win. That's the Miz nowadays, yes. pretty much. Like, like oh, oh fuck, here comes fuck, fucking here it Miz. Is, yeah. yeah, Brian gets the elbows on him. These like, and yeah, those elbows, awesome. Those elbows just scream, not WWE. Those are like Ring of Honor, yeah. strong. <laughs> Absolutely, like, fuck, yes, yeah. yes. You know, and that was awesome. And he delivers that big kick to Barrett's head. And what I love most is that the place exploded before Brian even got his hands in yeah. the case because everyone realised what's happening holy yeah. shit and Daniel Bryan winning this considering he was somebody who was bumped from Wrestlemania you know he was not getting a fair shake at the stick the fact that he won this match really set the kind of the ball in motion for many people it was like mm -hmm. oh shit Brian's won money in the bank yeah like they only give this to people who they're dead certain they want to give the belt to surely mm -hmm. and this really was like well, if Brian could win this, maybe Punk, maybe Punk, yeah, could win the belt. Like maybe you know? like the, the indie guys are finally gonna get their time. Like. Maybe Vince McMahon finally watched that Ring of Honor DVD I sent him <laughs> in the mail. Like, you know, so Brian, who as he's celebrating is referred to as a nerd, a gnash, and an ant come to ruin a picnic. Ugh. That's his victory celebration. An ant coming to ruin a picnic. 
fucking amazing. What is he? Flick the inventor and <laughs> a nerd and <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel Bryan, the inventor and like I sure hope the harvest goes well this year. Hopper and Vince and all the other mean grasshoppers. You're gonna come Hopper Basically, we're going to eat all the coin. Where's my hummus? Let me tell you something, okay? The vanilla midgets make the moves. The top guys eat the moves. <laughs> it's a very cool, unexpected oh. moment. Amazing like, yeah, to see that. I mean, that match was pretty... Eh. As far as Money in the Bank goes, I think that was pretty formulaic. They have raised the bar on Money in the Bank. Yeah, it's just, it's, you've got eight dudes. They're going to mess about with ladders. They're going to do a few big spots. But, you know, the match wasn't great, but the results, man. That was it. really nice. That, it was more about the result than anything else. But I'll tell you something. I remember watching back at this. You know, at the time, people thought this is one of the best Money in the Bank ladder matches. They preferred this one to the Raw one. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, shit, man. This is one of the best Money in the Bank ladder matches ever. In the space wow. of five, six years, how much we've obviously pushed yeah. that needle. I mean, in another five, six years from now, 2021, what are we going to be talking about in terms of Money in the Bank? Like, Oh, they did a Money in the Bank again this week. <laughs> Every fucking Raw, they do a Money in the Three Bank. Three hours of Money in the Bank matches <laughs> within the six-hour Raw. <laughs> you know? Welcome to the Money in the Bank classic on the WWE Vince Network. McMahon's has figured out a way to raise all your favourite wrestlers from the dead. So literally, it's just everyone you love. Look at there, it's Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior. We've just uh, you know made robots to be them, and they're wrestling now in the most extreme matches. Please watch wrestling. <laughs> Backstage, Vince McMahon, Johnny Ace, and Vince McMahon's terrible haircut arrive with their friend, a bad guy 90s attorney, who I imagine in his briefcase had the documents to cancel Christmas and make sure that Dunstan never checks back in. <laughs> What was up with Vince's hair? Oh man, what has it been? Like two years since Trump shaved his head at this point? More? Th- four years? Four years! WrestleMania 23 was the- Oh man, I, you know, that is one of the saddest things in wrestling. One of the greatest tragedies ever was Vince shaving his head. Because he had the hair. It got like, back there. It did eventually, but there was a Ice long Bucket time. Challenge was around the time Vince got his hair <laughs> yeah, back. Genuinely. Because that was a, the Ice Bucket Challenge I kind of got into because I was like, well, Vince McMahon's got his hair back and kind of put a good yeah. mood now. I'll do <laughs> the Ice Bucket Challenge. I'll give me some ice. <laughs> For such a long time, he had the worst like little Steve Martin hairdo. Like Vince, apparently, I've always heard this rumour that Vince, once a week, every week, he has a standing appointment in Manhattan. He has a $2,000 haircut. That's what I've heard. Like Vince is like member, you know one of those like Protestant clubs basically. You know the ones that have the whiskey and the chairs with the fucking, yeah, you know, yeah. all that. The globe with the bar. In yeah, it, yeah, like old men give you mail all the time. Like those types <laughs> of places. Apparently Vince gets his haircut in like, you know, this place, $2,000 once a week. Jesus. So for $2,000 every week, for four years, Vince was like, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Have you ever had a haircut that you're too embarrassed <laughs> yeah, to say in the mouth? Yeah. It's like the idea of Vince McMahon being like, I don't want to kind of bring it up. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm paying him two grand. I don't want to hurt his feelings. You know? <laughs> Poor Vince. So they basically are here to kind of play up the whole idea that Punk is still in negotiations. One of the first times you actually saw Johnny Ace on screen, John Lauren oh, really? Yeah. Wow, this okay. was before he was a character. Okay. This was them kind of pulling back and going, yeah, Johnny Ace, he's executive of talent relations. Making it more of a shoot, then. Yeah, they were. Because okay. they never they never mentioned when J.R. was head of talent no. relations. They, they would say, oh, I helped hire this guy. They never said, he's the executive vice president yeah. of talent relations. But there's 
John Laurinaitis, the executive vice president of talent relations, which that's really cool. That surely was only there for smart fans. Yeah, like they are here playing up to the smart fans. Yeah. Oh, d- oh, definitely. This this whole angle is mostly targeted at smart fans. I'd say. I think they've kind of they're doing the opposite of what they did with WrestleMania 27. Like yeah. the complete opposite. Genuinely, tales. yeah. This is for everyone. We don't give a fuck about actual fans. This is though for fans and fans alone. Yeah. You know, a Johnny Ace pop. I didn't expect getting that <laughs> back in 2011. Coming up next for the prestigious Butterfly Championship, Kelly Kelly taking on Brie Bella, accompanied to the ring by Nikki Bella and Shower Curtains. You could tell straight away when I saw how close those dots were together on the network, and also Jerry Lawler said this off with, they deserve a good spanking! That this was A... Uh, I don't know if it's P- we remember PG as much as we remembered it, yeah. but fucking hell. The women's wrestling back at this point, they didn't give a fuck. Nope. Oh my, even, like, I knew that they didn't give a fuck, and I'm so happy that women's wrestling is is improving. Whatever about this horrible women's evolution, revolution, yeah. branding. At least it's happening. You know, at least we're getting decent matches with yeah. women who are good wrestlers, who've got characters. Mm-hmm. Regardless, end of the day, you're getting a decent match now, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to get at least one per pay-per-view. This was so underwhelming, mm-hmm. and not because of the women involved. This was so underwhelming because it was like, like the announcers literally switched off into, yeah. all right, lads, like you can literally hear them going, Oh, this this match is for the... I'm going to go get a piss! Ah! This match is for the, the top prize in the women's division. This is what every female in WWE strives to get. So, it'll only be over in about three minutes, though. So, oh, don't worry about it, guys. As the graphic for the championship hits into place, like, this match is about to get started, Booker T chimes in and says, The Bella Twins are twins. They look alike, so this could cause trouble insightful I don't even know what to say I mean because like yes this is largely WWE's booking who they decide to put in what positions as female competitors but at the same time like because I still want it to be like oh, at least I'll try and appreciate this match just despite all of everything surrounding it I'll try but fucking Brie and Kelly like they are atrocious in the ring you know I think I think the Bellas have like in obviously Bree's retired now, but I thought Bree and Nikki have improved so much in oh, recent years. Oh, they've come a long way. And when people shit on them now because they remember this shit, it's like yeah. you know what? If you can look at like those guys wrestle in like 2015, 2016, and compare it to here, mm-hmm. there is no doubt that they Night have improved. And day. Come on, you yeah. are you are simply being ridiculous if you don't appreciate that they've improved. Mm-hmm. I guess and they give them actually a chance to improve, and they give them more than a two fucking minute match. Yeah, but this is. Very basic stuff. The crowd is silent. Neither one is over at all. No. The, there's a pin could drop this whole match. Yeah. And like the girl's efforts to try and get people into it doesn't work. Not at all. When Bree is pinning Kelly and we get a kick out at two and Bree just goes, and the kick out. Bella twins were- Why? <laughs> Kelly Kelly runs the ropes like she has a phobia of ropes. Yeah. As in, Hands go up. Yeah. <laughs> you can see her like bracing herself and say, <laughs> This is the Divas champion, and she can't do literally the fundamental running the rope. The most basic thing, like day one of being at wrestling school, here's how you run the ropes. 
She's the champion of the women's division. It's so funny because like there were so many women at this time who filled this role and then you never heard from again. Mm. Kelly Kelly, Ashley, Candice Michelle, yeah. Michelle McCool. They came in, they got to a certain point. Some of them could wrestle better than others. They didn't care. They gave them the belt. They had it for a while and then that was it. Get Bye. Out. Get yeah. out. The new yeah. one. Give us a new one. Yeah. Vince McMahon has sucked all the flavor out of yeah. this woman and wants another one. Uh-huh. It was fucking shocking how little they cared in this match like everyone mm. like and if the crowd's silent and the announcers are silent why do you give a shit there's no reason to Kelly just hits her finisher and wins yeah that's it and the Bellas are walking away and Nikki just goes how could she beat you she eats nothing what yeah <laughs> what yeah apparently there's something to do with an eating disorder angle going on here as well oh just in case this wasn't problematic enough for you Kevin <laughs> just in case yeah. like fucking, fucking hell. hell absolute garbage they didn't mean to do that. No, no, they didn't. Like, like that. Suddenly, after the match, that's gonna get everything over now. Like all of a sudden, like oh, now. And we're like, as they're going up the ramps, I, I seriously can't believe it. She like she eats actually nothing. She said it again. Like, yeah, just go. Just she leave. comes in through through, through the curtain. Like I think I got that one over. Guy. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, and Bree walk back. Top that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Absolutely awful. Booker ends this one. Shucky ducky. Quack, quack. quack. Yeah. Coming up next, the Battle of the Behemoths. Yeah. Two stars of the Attitude Era. The big show. Big oldie Paul White. <laughs> taking on the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. If you saw me in the street. I can't believe 
and it, it's just funny when you think back. At it. I mean, you look back at like you know 1999, like SummerSlam time. Mm-hmm. I think like it's so much. It's over ten years before this, and of all the people. You look at the mobility problems that show and Henry yeah. had in that program, and these lads are still fucking going. And in terms of positioning as well, like Big Show has always been a main event guy or whatever. He's always like had an aura about him. Mark Henry, though, you look at how far he's come in terms of character and positioning since the Attitude Era. Yeah, because they treated him like a joke. Absolutely. For most of the Attitude Era, he was just, hey, it's that big guy that hangs out with D'Lo. Oh, he's on a diet. Oh, he's dating a pensioner. But like now... in. This package at the start of this match, like, say what you want about the match, but Henry looks like a fucking beast. I remember, I forget it was, it's like someone I saw on Twitter once, it was like last year when 2K were announcing the DLC for the showcase mode, and it was like 2011 Mark Henry Hall of Pain mode. Yeah. And people were like, oh, fuck's sake, Mark Henry. Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, that's his peak. When you look back at wrestling, you can pick any period the worst of the worst and no matter how bad it is in any company you can always find gold Mm. and Smackdown 2011 it was Mark Henry he was booked so fucking well here it was an incredible run and it managed to go a full calendar year from Mm. around about here all the way through the following Money in the Bank was when he did the retirement angle with Cena that was such great booking Mm. for a guy Mark Henry who at his best day is limited and through promos through the actions they had him do he seemed like a fucking badass and he killed Big Show in the run up to this I loved it I love it. They gave him the proper JBL treatment where it's like, you've been here for fucking ages. You've definitely got something about you. We're just going to go all in on you for a yeah. year and we're just going to make you a megastar now because you've earned it. Like, I, oh, so fucking glad for him. How many people do you think are like that who are just sitting there waiting? Because, I mean, if you told me like 2003, hey, you know Bradshaw, mm. give him a year or two and actually he's going to be the best fucking heel that yeah. you will remember fondly. Mm. And like, hey, Mark Henry. Yeah, I know he's not done much the last, you know, 12 years. But honestly, I mean... Do you think there's anyone like that in the roster at the moment who's just sitting there kind of going, holy shit, this guy could probably give you this amazing turn? Does it have to be a veteran? I I think these stories are kind of what give a lot of mid-carders hope. Like, you imagine Mm. you're someone like Heath Slater. I imagine, like, because, you know, he's been around for so long, sometimes it must get to the point where he's like, fuck am I doing on this show? Like, you know, I'm an absolute joke and I have been for some time now. But when you know that, like, Mark Henry can go from getting an old lady pregnant... And then 10 years later, he is this untouchable god on top of SmackDown. I mean, anything they did to... You know, we talk about Wade Barrett, how the damage they did to him. Because mm. Henry, as long as if he didn't have main event pushes before, they pushed him against Batista, against yeah. Undertaker, against Angle. They tried and he had him get squashed. And yeah. lose. As long as if he didn't get the worst of the worst. Mm. And you wonder, is it a case of who can hold out the longest that's what it is yeah can you hang on long enough to finally get your time in the spotlight well I guess with people like Barrett the lure of other things I guess is just too big well yeah I, I guess like you know you just don't have the patience for it after a little while I don't blame them either no, way to be honest you know I did like in this video package as well the way they slowed down the big show's anguished grunts to make him sound like a fucking pig <laughs> And Big Show going through the big fucking cage as well. Like, Henry slammed him through the cage, which collapsed. Oh, my God. And then he's like, don't fuck with me, Big Show. And he's fucking slammed him. Like, the whole story of this was like, Big Show was like, he was frustrated and took it out on Mark Henry. Like, so many people do. I'm frustrated. I'm going to beat up the random heel. You know, give him my finish. Send everyone home happy. And Henry was like, 
you don't do that yeah, to me. Yeah, you should not have done you that. You do not do that to me, yeah. and you're going to regret that. I just love that's it. That's a hell of a simple angle. That's so Isn't lovely. It? Like that's all you need for this kind of match. If your angle is simply "Don't fuck with me," yeah. and it's a heel, and they can get over. I mean, Henry wasn't doing anything spectacular. Yeah. You know, putting people through tables, slamming guys. That was it. Yeah. But it worked. Henry is rocking the baby blue here, which yeah. from the uh, Honky Tonk Man school of wrestling <laughs> means he's on his way out the fucking door. <laughs> A surprising fast start between these two. Yeah, like immediately run towards each other. I was not expecting that. You get a uh, flying shoulder tackle from Big Show mm. on the offset here. I love this. These two just clattered the fucking shite out of each other. And I've seen it recently on TV, you know, watching sometimes people like Braun Strowman do it. But I love seeing two hosses throwing each other yeah, around. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I'm not talking now Matt Morgan and Crimson doing doing this forever fake mm. punching each other I'm talking about big guys fucking big guys around and it'd be like yeah like the Godzilla King Kong kind of match really you want big guys throwing each other into absolutely. buildings absolutely yeah. I love when Henry puts Big Show to submission the announcer's like Big Show's never been in a limb submission before because no one's actually able yeah. to apply the pressure to work his leg like that. Good commentary. So yeah, hell. some good moments here. You know when it's the veterans and you can so tell when they want to get yeah, something over. Yeah, when they respect the wrestlers enough to get when, them over. When they're told, yeah. he's a big deal, mention this. Because yeah. most of the times it's like, I just make fucking jokes. Yeah. You can tell that this is getting over because Vince wants this yeah. to get over and it wants Henry to be taken seriously. Shoulders a second rope shoulder tackle as well. Mm. Fucking amazing. And I absolutely love the finish. I mean, it's not a, sh- it's not a very long match. And no. I think the worst thing you can do with big behemoths is have long matches. Mm. But we have Big Show kicks out of Mark Henry's World's Strongest Slam. And Henry is like, what? So he does it again mm. and then gives him two splashes one yeah. after the other. AKA the no mercy finish. Hit the finisher as many times as you can, <laughs> then pin him. Not one. What are you, mad? I fucking loved it. He destroyed Big Show. I hate ending a match with a splash. <laughs> I I just if they'd have just ended it with another world's strongest slam. It was his other fi- his it. alternate finisher. Oh, I don't like the splashes of as if it was a top rope splash or something. That's fine. But if just, you're gonna do a splash, at least do the visitor. <laughs> <laughs> like a splash without a crunch. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's it, like a dinner without a sauce, you yeah, know. Yeah, there was no impact. I know he's a big guy and all, but it didn't look visually. Oh, that's the climax of the match. Yeah, either way though. After the match, Henry Mark Henry realizes Show's ankle yes. by putting it in a chair and then just going. Bleh. And this is where we get our grunt of the night as well. Big Show's selling of his broken ankle. <laughs> Oh my god, help me out of it! What I like most about it is he comes so close to saying fuck. And he's there like begging for help, like crying, and the guy comes over and he's like, hey, no, no, get away from me! Oh, help! I'm trying to help you. No, get away from me! The last thing I want right now is medical attention, mate, alright? What the noise was like is when someone does a bad fart. And the initial reaction is someone's admitted to doing the bad fart. You go, oh, for fuck's sake, you've done... Oh, 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 and it gets worse and someone comes over, no, get away! Get away! I love as well when Big Show 
<laughs> he gets his own little special car. The car! <laughs> oh, because no. I was watching this with my friend, and <laughs> they bring out the stretcher, and she just went. They're awful optimistic, aren't they? <laughs> and without five seconds going by, a car shows up. A fucking flatbed truck. I like as well when show gets on it, you know, for being brave and they get this, you know, the... Yeah, the respectful... The, the respectful golf clap. And then it's like, CM Punk. <laughs> Literally a second of it. And it's Big Show going up the road because him go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I loved that match. Yeah, that was grand. What the fuck? Big Show Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I'm always, I always love being surprised. I remember thinking at the time, kind of going, there was something with Mark Henry and Show. This was either the clunker that made the show stink, or this was like, holy shit. And because it was on a, you know, I was on a show that has other important stuff on it, so no one remembers mm. this match. These two go on to have other matches. Oh, yeah. I've got to say as well, as great as this little match was, I remember very specifically you throw Daniel Bryan into this feud as well. Yeah. Oh, man, what an interesting combination of people. It's just so shocking because, I mean, Mark Henry, like, you know, 2001 Mark Henry, he ain't there. He's been nah. fucking sent off the Indiana chair. He's like, fuck off to OVW. Yeah. Learn to fucking wrestle, why don't you? And here, he's just amazing. Yeah, so Absolutely good. Absolutely amazing. He gets it now. Backstage. Vince McMahon and Johnny Ace tell Josh Matthews that CM Punk hasn't re-signed. This is a nightmare. I can't... Yeah. I can't believe this actually happened. It's almost surreal. This is going to work. Excuse me, Mr. McMahon. I apologize for interrupting, but the question on everyone's mind is, did you re-sign CM Punk? No. No. Let me just say, for the record, this guy is the biggest ingrate I have ever dealt with in my life. I offered him the most lucrative contract I've ever offered anyone. And he turned me down. Um, So uh, let me just say that for the CM Punk fans, they should not blame me. I did everything imaginable to keep Punk a part of the roster. So it's not on me. What exactly did Punk say? He simply pointed at the door and said, get out. He said that to me. The chairman of the board, me, Vince McMahon. Well, then I would have to assume that John Cena... John Cena? John Cena is the reason why we have this problem to begin with. That's John Cena. John Cena brought all this upon me and everyone else. Cena insisted this is what the audience is, what the fans want. They want the John Cena-CM Punk match. This is on John Cena. Let me just say this. If by some chance, if CM Punk leaves this building tonight, with the WWE Championship. Let me just say this. May God have mercy on John Cena's soul. Vince McMahon is like, I offered him the most lucrative contract ever. Yeah, right. Sure he did. $1,000 a week. 
999. I look this motherfucker. He looks genuinely heartbroken about this whole situation. Like Vince selling the dire situation that Punk has put him in is so good. I'll tell you, I've, I always thought this problem was a bit weird because at the end it's like, what happened, Vince? And he goes, well, he told me to get out. Yeah. No one has ever said that yeah, to Yeah, he looks like he's, his feelings are hurt. <laughs> like, he's going to cry. Do you remember Steve Austin? He filled your office full of shit. <laughs> hey, Vince. Yeah, but... Oh, no, no. Get no, out, no, you yeah, son Stone of a Cold bitch. would never tell Vince to get out. That was too far. <laughs> Steve would never cross a line like you that. You crossed the line. Screw you. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> gives him the finger. Coming up next, it's the match so nice we decided to do it twice. <laughs> Raw, Money in the Bank ladder match. You got Alberto Del Rio, whose destiny is more confused than his <laughs> fucking booking. Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, Ara, Jesus. Mm. The Wildcat, Kofi yeah. Kingston. The All-American American, Jack Swagger. Legitimately forgot this guy was in WWE. Evan Bourne. Oh yeah, of course. Evan Bourne, who currently is wrestling in a jail in Japan for being caught over there with marijuana. <laughs> or true. Alex Riley! Yeah. I, what the fuck? This bunch. Again, both Money in the Bank matches. It's like, do you not have a decent enough mid card to at least fill one with and, real and guys? And the Miz here as well. Oh, yeah, Miz. Sorry. And you know what? People fucking pissing on, like, you know, at the moment we've got a roster split. Mm. That roster split seems a lot more deep when you look here and you see you've got fucking Alex Riley yeah. and like I'm not Kofi Swagger born they're all great wrestlers but those are guys who were directionless yeah. and not like oh nothing to do this year you're talking four years yeah. with nothing nothing going on that's like can you imagine like if we picked anyone from the Attitude Era and they didn't do anything with them for the entire Attitude yeah. Era from 98 all the way to 2001 like, even try shit with half of these guys. Mm. Kofi, maybe a little. Jack, maybe a little, little, little. He Evan had his Bourne, little... though. Evan Bourne, though. Yeah. Alex Riley. Yeah. Fucking hell. I, like, I've always been of the belief that the, the brand split is, like, definitely the way to go. I've always thought Raw and SmackDown being separate, absolutely. But I can so totally see why people were calling for it to be reunited again. If your rosters are like this, fuck it, just make it one show again because you've not got enough talent, clearly. Just because there's a developmental system now that has awesome TV and mm. you wish those guys were on other shows, yeah. please don't for a second make that make you believe that those shows have somehow got thin rosters. Because mm. they don't. No. This is a fucking thin roster. Yeah. Senate Evan Bourne and Alex Riley, lad. Jesus And they're, they're capable wrestlers I know, as well, but, like, but it's the booking. If is... they're guys, and they were doing three-hour rolls back here as well, mm. these are guys who they didn't give anything to. They didn't yeah. have stories. They just floundered. And this is the money in the bank. This is meant to be, like, pretty much one of the big four shows now. That's like filling the whole Royal Rumble with, like, 90% losers. Yeah. And then, like, oh, and Cena's going to come out as well. And uh, great booking here as well, because Alberto Del Rio had actually already won a number one contender. Contenders match before this. For fuck's sake, why? He was what already, the fuck? He was already the one contender, like. Was he planning to win the belt and then also have the backup briefcase as well, just in case? I love when they interviewed him, like, is this your destiny tonight to win the break? He's like, nah, it's not really my destiny. It's just kind of something I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking give a shit, mate. 
Jesus Christ, or Truth coming out with no music. Yeah, what I was like, again, do you remember this? Because I was watching it with my friend, I was like, oh mate, you're gonna love this guy. He comes out and he's like, what's up? Just walks out, no music. Like, I thought the network had fucked up or something. No, it's just heel turn or Truth. Do you not remember this? No. Oh, the Truth set him free. This is when he uh, turned bad guy and feuded with John Cena, where him and John Morrison were a tag team. He beat him up. He smoked on him with a cigarette. In the UK, you, you can go to jail for that. <laughs> and then he was like, I hate all the fans because all the fans are little Jimmies and little Jimmies never got me anywhere. I'm not going to sing and dance anymore. And they did the gimmick that he lost his mind. Right. So he would come out to silence, which is just, the truth has set me free. And he'd come out and talk to himself. Right. When they first did it, they treated truth like he was a, like a legitimate madman. Like, they did this thing where, like, he came out and he was dressed as a Confederate soldier, like, doing, talking about the South Rising again. The fuck? And everyone was just like, oh, God, what's wrong with truth? Come like, Ben Horn. He's <laughs> gone. <laughs> Off the deep. <laughs> Sat there eating a giant sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Yeah. I'm so happy we referenced that uh, finally. harmonica from one scene in Twin Peaks. <laughs> finally. Like, <laughs> yeah. Truth, like, this is the start of him starting to become wacky. Mm. Because in WWE, if they have you do the crazy gimmick, and you're meant to be crazy and a heel who's like, I'm going to get you, you are one segment short away from becoming the comedy. Yes. And easily. it was very easy to go from kind of going, I hate all you little Jimmies, to little Jimmy being someone he would talk to and yeah. think was real, to... I'm scared of spiders. Yeah. I'm scared of heights. This is still going on. Yeah, that's yeah. true. This is where R-Truth's wackinesses came from. Was this whole thing was that he lost his mind originally. and uh, Except for the few times where they changed it back and then they changed it back again. Yeah. You know, but, just, but it's just R-Truth, so who cares? And R-Truth, he was in the main event of the previous pay-per-view. Mm. So this is kind of... This is the point now where they're like they're even giving some of these lads main events, and then it's just like, all right, back you go. You're, you, yeah, you're now got the same standing as Evan Bourne. I've taken this avocado out. I've squeezed it. No, it's not right. It's not soft. I'm just gonna fuck it back in into, <laughs> into circulation. Someone else to find. Fucking jeez, remember Alex Riley? Mm. I didn't think from a show five years ago it'd all be like, Jesus, remember this guy? Yeah. Alex Riley. Alex Rage Riley. Say it to my face. He fell off the fucking grid. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say he fell off the grid, but that would make him seem to be far too cool. Like he's, <laughs> like he's in Terminator. Alex Rice is probably sat at home looking bitter, Aww. looking at the WWE encyclopedia and measuring it with a, with a ruler to see if he's got more than Kevin Owens. That's probably what he's after these days. Poor Miz coming out here as well. Mm. He got slaughtered for yeah, he's slid down the card. When I did How to Cena for, for How to Wrestling to show Joe about John Cena to epitomise... Super Cena, who just kills people. I showed her John versus Miz and Alex Riley in the handicap I quit match, mm. and John just killing Miz and Miz being like, I quit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it turns out Miz was just an evil little worm controlling a boy suit that he found. Thanks for solving that one for us, John. He's been killed here, poor yeah. Miz completely neutered but this is just the moment where we think Miz might actually come back into the title picture mm. nope <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard match for these guys to do seeing as it's already been a ladder match true but I immediately preferred this one because they at least start off different like, yeah, they, they, everyone yeah. grabs a ladder on their way in and like it took ages for it to dawn on me until like the seventh guy got in the ring and I was like 
Wait, they've all got ladders right now, and they're all just waiting patiently to start clattering each other. That's a fucking cool way to start a ladder it's match. The deluxe ladder box set that they got here. <laughs> all the ladders. Ladder mania to start here. I must say, one thing I hate about this, I like everyone having their own ladder. The mini ladders? What's the point in them? Well, Michael Coe says, these are the mini ladders. They're smaller than the regular ladders, and I think they're great. Oh, okay. That's why we have them, then. You use them as a weapon. Because Cole thinks they're great. They're great, like. Yeah. You use them as a weapon, uh, I guess, instead of... Because it's easier to use them than the bigger ladders. Yes. But I think it just confuses people because Alex Riley puts down his small ladder and then he goes to have his, you know, all kind of ladder spot and he sets up a ladder and he climbs to the top and he's all, like, you know, climbing up there. He's at the top rung and he's literally six feet away yeah. from his hand. And, like, Booker T's like... Uh, Alex Riley's gonna have some sort of incredible vertical leap. <laughs> like, can you imagine if that's how it ended? Alex Riley calls to the top and this goes, <laughs> and he grabs it and then comes back down. Foolish mortals, now to cash in money in the bank and rule you all. Now he needs to do Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam and just reach up there with his long arm. Now, does anything for you, because I know nothing does for me, epitomize soft WWE style? Quite like the image of Alex Riley and The Miz trading soft forearm shots yeah. on a slightly too small ladder. Yeah. And they both go down a few rungs to make sure they're not, <laughs> eh, little, I'm going to get you. Oh, we might fall from a foot off the ground if we're not careful. This is basically like a Western that has got water pistols instead of actual guns <laughs> is what these two are doing here. Lots and lots of big dies by Ray and Evan Bourne and Kofi. These guys are out there. Really, I mean, Kofi and, and Evan more so than, than Ray, I guess. And one after the other as well at one point. Like, there's just a sequence of dive, dive, dive. Like, all these high flyers flipping around the place. I can imagine, like, I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, Henry and show and you know, kind of biding your time and stuff like that. JBL biding your time. I guess if you're someone like Kofi or Evan Bourne, mm. biding your time is a bit bollocks when they are going to just fucking send you out there, jump yeah. off the ladder, lads. And you know what? Ever since I heard that thing with Michael Hayes literally turning to those people in the TLC and he's like, you know, jump off the fucking ladder. Yeah. And you know what? They tell him to. Mm. You know, they are. They don't, there's no, you're not going out there and not doing those yeah. moves. And if you're Evan Bourne, the only pay-per-views you're going to get on this year are the ones that involve you doing that. So make it count. So off you go. Yeah. You know, and they, what the only thing they can do to really stand out, I guess, is to do it more. Yeah. You know, do it like Evan Bourne does a shooting star press off the top of the ladder mm -hmm. to the outside. Wasted. Yeah. Like, honestly wasted. Yeah, completely. Because it means nothing. No. I mean, you can ask anyone, like, you know, Evan Bourne. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to, to bury the guy. I love Evan no, Bourne. No, yeah, but you're, you're totally right. Like, it's a complete waste of time on someone like... If, if you're going to demand that physicality from someone, you have to reward them with better booking. Than what well, that's everyone like, like Steve Austin, and he's like, I'm not coming out in this type of truck, or I'm not taking this move. Mm. I'm not... I don't, we, we kind of ragged on him for being so protectionary, but I mean... If it's the case of jumping off a fucking ladder yeah. with a move that can really go wrong, god damn, you look after yourself, yeah. guys, you know? And if he's going to do it, at least fucking have the decency to give him, like, an angle, heaven forbid, or, like, something memorable that fans can cling on to. <laughs> the only angle he got was getting put in a tag team with Kofi Kingston. That doesn't... Oh, that, that, air ball. Yeah, air, yeah. Air, no, air boom. Air boom, air sorry. Boom. Air boom. Sonic boom. And then there was, of course, that time that Seamus called him Little Evan Bourne. It's got him over. Career like, Little Evan Bourne there. And uh, Evan Bourne, as he's jumping off the ladder, Michael Cole goes, Evan Bourne, the aviation nut. 
Is he though? Aviation. He's really big into planes. Like, like in his room, where he's got all of his marijuana paraphernalia. He's also got loads of model airfixes <laughs> and like you know, he's got his goggles and all that jazz. Del Rio kills Miz and Evan Bourne by pushing their ladder, and they go flying, and it clunks them on the back of his own fucking head. Yeah. That is. Those are the hits that do it. Like, yeah. Those are the ones that fucking hurt. I imagine. Miz gets injured. Now, this is something Billy picked up on WrestleMania 27. Injury angles. Mm. This is the third one they've done tonight. Oh my god, yeah, and we are four matches in. Sin Cara, injury yeah. angle. Big Show, injury Game angle. Yeah, you're and right. Miz, Miz as well, injury man. angle as well. Fuck. They do this so much. So much. It's the ref bump of the... Uh, yeah, no, it genuinely it is. is. Like, yeah, oh fake my injuries, god. like, unbelievable. But Miz is injured, he's taken out to the back... We get some non-stop spots here. Some highlights include Kofi Kingston leaping over Swagger's head onto a ladder and Rey Mysterio doing a 619 on the actual ladder itself Mm. into the little gap in there. That was really, really cool. All the competitors come into the ring and construct what can be best described an Ewok village out of ladders. This always pisses me off. The first time I saw this in a match, I was like, ooh, this is interesting. (laughs) But now it's like every fucking year, it's like, yeah, I'm going to set up this ladder and then another guy is going to come in and put this ladder in between the rungs of this ladder and we're going to make the same construction we always fucking make every time. It's just so unorganic and like... You gotta tell that story, it's don't you? It's a bit of a stretch. I mean, all. what you need to have happen here, and I mean, this is just me wanting, you know, hashtag reality era booking, but you need to bring in a giant child who makes <laughs> all of them look like toys and then just put it in all the bits. And then everyone's like, okay, I can believe that. You that makes sense. I'm not having my intelligence insulted. Yeah. I can suspend my I disbelief. I will say, though, I like the image of all of them reaching up and grabbing for the belt cool when it's yeah. swinging back and forth. That's really really cool it's image it's worth doing that if only so that you can put that image in packages for next year's which they did match. yeah exactly and they're all up there grabbing and Jerry Lawrence goes it's like Ryan Rushmore Mount Rushmore you know all the wrestlers at the top of Mount you know, Rushmore all eight presidents on Ryan Rushmore <laughs> Tell me, which president is Alex Riley meant to be as a matter of fucking interest? The president that got fired for being a bitter piece of shit, like. The president who thought that the sign for a crate wrestler was actually for him and he got all pissy about it. Is that the president who subtweets? Is that the uh, is that the one that we carved on my Rushmore there? Del Rio takes a really fucking sick bump off the ladder. Ugh, gross. And uh, Kofi Kingston does get the real kind of super close, yeah. you know, reaching for it there. And Swagger comes in, stops both men, and they crash and burn. And everyone is down, everyone's out, and you get a really cool moment with Miz on the one Yeah, leg, comes coming back. Out, becoming a huge Miz fan, yeah. I think. Between watching some of these shows and watching the current product, mm. you know, people are going to say, oh, Miz has gotten really amazing recently. I think the things that he can do well, he's been able to do well. For a long time. For a long time. Yeah. And it's not wrestling, okay? Mm. It's the character. Yeah, it's the selling. It's the sort of the acting more than anything else, I'd say. I mean, only the Miz could have the image of a one-legged man against doctor's orders, running out on one leg, wincing in agony, climbing a ladder to get an opportunity to get a belt that was taken from him. Only Miz could make people boo that. Yeah. That's a very <laughs> yeah, that's special, so special thing that he does. So Miz is really, really close, and he gets uh, so close, but he misses it, and Cole flips out. I love it. Rey Mysterio starts to ascend the ladder to resounding boos. Yeah, no one wants Rey to win this. What is the resentment with Rey Mysterio? Because it started around a year before this, 
when he was feuding with Punk, people were booing him. But, I mean, when you came in and you started watching, did, was it strange to you that Ray was being booed? Did you? What did you think? No, I wasn't that huge on Mysterio either, to be honest with you. He's one of those guys that I think you just get a little bit bored of after a while. Like, ubiquitous. I, he's like. good. He's really good. Like, he's, he's grand and all, but... I don't want him to win the money in the bank. I, I can't put my finger on what it is, to tell you the truth, actually. I mean, I it's know just... kids love Ray, and I know Ray yeah. is an awesome wrestler. He's great. Like, since Ray has left WWE, I've not remotely looked up and said, hey, what matches no. has Ray had? No. Don't care. If yeah. Ray never came back to WWE, I would not care. No. And that's not me, you know, saying he's shit. It's just that, honestly, he's never impacted on me. I don't know if he's I not my guy. His, I think it's his character. Yeah. I think he's just, like, I mean, how many good, like, turns or angles has Ray really had? I mean, you look at the Eddie feud, that was all Eddie. Like, I yeah. mean, Ray was great in it, but that was good because the of Eddie. The punk feud. Like, yeah. Oh, punk. punk, yeah. You know, it's Ray's never had a really solid that's character. Interesting. I think that's what it is for me. That's why I'm not, you know, fond of him in the main event. Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio battle on the top. Del Rio yanks off Rey's mask. And unfortunately, that was meant to be the finish. But instead, Mm. we get ladder implosion. Yeah, such a shame. That is Del Rio's career. Look, all set up perfectly. Oh, what a cool spot. You're so over, bro. Just grab... Oh, you fell over again. Oh, no. Everything's wrong. Hang on a second. Let's just try to put it together again. Let's get Zeb Coulter to be your manager and see how how this goes. Let's go back up that ladder. Hey, you get your one. Hey. Oh, suspended. (laughs) Gone. Hey, but you can marry Paige. Uh... (laughs) Not the way you want to win this thing. No, it's such a shame to end it like that. I mean, what could they do? It was was obviously an accident. Like, Ray's ladder just fell the wrong way. Like... There was no good way to recover from that. It's just a shame. Yeah, Del Rio wins. I mean, it was very obvious he was going to win, but geez, yeah. it was a bit of a fucking... Yeah, it was a bit of a lame old finish. Huge, huge improvement on the SmackDown money in the bank, in my opinion. I thought this had a much better pace. I think there was angles to follow in it, like Miz getting taken out and then coming back in again. Yeah. I, I just think there was a lot more interest and more intrigue. And I also thought the guys in this match were far more credible. Than yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we burned on a lot of the guys in the match, but they did, I mean, you know, Evan Bourne had his spot. That was, he holy shit. Way more of a reaction for Evan Bourne than Justin Gabriel got yeah, earlier yeah. in the night. Like, more credible. For so sure. I think a lot of the guys did, you know, use their minutes a bit more, I mm. think. Yeah, I think... It could be the case that with that one that maybe you had um, more of a clear direction for it because Del Rio mm. winning, it was a very obvious direction they were going. Yeah, yeah. out of the two, looking back now, I think I probably do prefer the Raw one. I think it was a better yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, and at the time, I didn't like the Raw one at all, I think. Mm. Maybe because the SmackDown one just had Daniel Bryan. You were so happy about him I was so winning. happy, yeah. yeah. that makes sense. It's so funny how like you think nostalgia only plays at work when you're a kid, mm. but yeah, I'm totally nostalgic for, you know, when Daniel Bryan was first starting out in WWE and, mm. you know, you thought that he wasn't going to make it and you're like, kind of, come on, it was a real community effort. Yeah. It's seriously, watch back some of these shows, folks. You'll be amazed at how much nostalgia is at play for yeah, fucking absolutely. five years ago. It's mm. crazy. Coming up next, World Heavyweight Championship on the line as Randy Orton takes on Christian. If Randy is disqualified, the title belt will change hands. Fuck. Well, I wonder what's going to happen at the end of this match then. Randy Orton and Christian for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's about the next chapter in what has become a storied rivalry. And Christian caught Orton in the head. Randy's reeling. Whoa, he's out of the way. And Randy Orton retains the world title. 
Christian. I deserve one more chance to become the world heavyweight champion. I deserve it. The moment the ref made the bad call, I was the one that was screwed out of the world heavyweight championship, and I deserve it right now. Theodore Long, who has made Christian jump through the proverbial hoops just to get here, finally has no choice but to give Christian what he deserves, and that's a world title opportunity against Randy Orton. Well, here it is in black and white, Teddy, the contract for my World Heavyweight Championship match at Money in the Bank. And what you can do for me is make sure Randy Orton meets me in that ring to sign it tonight. My legal counsel has reviewed this contract, and there's a clause in there that clearly states that if Randy Orton gets disqualified, or if there's another case of bad officiating, I automatically become the World Heavyweight Champion. Teddy Long can't save you anymore. These crooked referees can't save you anymore. And the WWE brass can't save you anymore because you're their gold You know, Christian, we had a great match. A great match. And I beat you. Another epic match. And I won again. The more that I beat you, the more you beg and you plead. One more match. But now, all of this, it's starting to make me angry. And as you know, I've had problems in the past managing my anger. But a lawyer isn't gonna get you the World Heavyweight Championship, no, no. In order to get this, you're gonna have to beat me. I know I can beat you, even though nobody else thinks that I can. And that money in the bank, I'm gonna prove it. I fucking hate stipulations like this, where they just like, here's the result of the match. <laughs> just so you know, this is what's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> what, like if Kane loses, he'll set himself on fire? <laughs> that kind of a thing, like, you know. If Kane loses, Xbox has to spend the holidays with Tori. <laughs> oh, Kane won, and Xbox like, damn it, I had a crappy holiday. I didn't get I bought all this food, because I thought there'd be a second person, and my mom didn't know she was, oh man. So, in this one, we had Christian getting a bum deal. Mm. Edge retired. The story they told afterwards was that instead of Del Rio getting the belt, which is what was meant to happen, mm. said that Del Rio and Christian, and because of help from his buddy, Christian managed to win yeah. the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm the biggest Christian fan going. I was so happy for Christian to win the belt. And I will be the first to admit that you won the belt because Edge got yeah, injured. Yeah, that's the only reason. You know, because Edge got injured and they didn't feel like giving it to Del Rio straight away. Yeah. Five nights later, after Christian won it, Randy Orton won the belt. Yeah. And you want to talk about it, you know, you know those moments where WWE's like, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, and Roman Reigns wasn't around at the time, so Randy Orton filled in this spot, where it's like, you rub out the guy who y'all want, and we put in, here's our guy instead. Yeah. And you know what? Everyone was fucking mortified. Everyone hated this. Randy Orton being the champion, that's boring. How could you do this? It's disrespectful to Edge. It's disrespectful to Christian. Christian's worked so hard. Give him a chance. Yada, yada, yada. And the whole time, what everyone was always saying, like WWE literally were saying it, Christian Randy Orton literally were on Twitter saying it, saying it. It's a story. Let the story play out. Mm. Now... I always feel that's a bit of a lame duck excuse when you're going to go, hey guys, you know, let the story play out. 
if we know how it's going to end. Yeah. Mate, I've seen episode one. I don't need to let the story play out. I don't need to watch the Gungans embarrass themselves against yeah. the Trade Federation. I know how this one ends. And we can all tell how this one was going. And even if you don't know how it's going to end, that's not an excuse. Like, yeah. oh, I know you think this story is bad, but I promise if you do keep watching it, you will enjoy it eventually. That's why I didn't watch the fucking Hobbit films, because I don't <laughs> want to waste my time on something I know is going to be shit. I love... Crybaby Christian. Oh yeah, he's such a turd, isn't he? he he's bec- and it's such a great little turn because he's he doesn't become like straight away this fucking dick. Like, oh come on, mm. you know. He was slow. He's like, I want a rematch, and he had his rematch, yeah. and he lost. So like, well, what's, I mean, that wasn't right. There was shoddy officiating. Yeah. Okay, you get to have another match, and he loses that one still. Now he's getting to the point where he's still not heel heel. He still thinks he's right, but he's just like, I just need. It's just getting annoying. Yeah. Like, it's getting really annoying. And like. that was such a great story. Yeah. And it was just a shame because people wanted to cheer Christian so much. Yeah. And Christian, with the momentum of Edge and getting that kind of, you know, your best friend is retiring, you're doing it for him. That's kind of fan reaction you don't always get. This is a good angle. It should have been like a couple of months into mm. like Christian's main event run though. I think Not like a few weeks after he'd already lost the bell. Like. When, you, when you look and you see that WWE has constantly had this problem with getting themselves new baby faces mm. and when you see moments where they're like nah we don't need this baby face we'll just go with this heel instead yeah. or you know go with this other face or just make this guy a heel and it's kind of it's a bit dispiriting because I think Christian could have been yeah. a much bigger player than he ended up being. Mm. But WWE never were invested in Christian. Mm. Ever. Ever, ever. Such a shame. When did Christian retire? He didn't. <laughs> he technically didn't. No. Like, no hoo-ha about Literally it. Literally, one day he was wrestling, the next day he wasn't. Mm. There you go. That shows you what they think Such about Christian. Pity. It's what? weird. They still treat him like a tag team guy almost. Yeah. Even though he hasn't been for so long. It's so sad, like, because literally Christian, if you ever wanted proof, hey, we saw how the story played out. The story plays out with Christian just been written off and never made into a deal at yeah. all. Even though he won the belt a few times. It's really, really sad. I like Crybaby Christian. I do prefer when he does regi- like slightly more over-the-top Crybaby Christian. I don't know if you ever saw it around 2003, 2004 when he was the Intercontinental Champion and he used to come out complaining that he wasn't getting booked. Like in the <laughs> middle of a match, he'd come out going, Hello, Intercontinental <laughs> Champion over here. Where's my match? Why wasn't I on SummerSlam? Excuse me. Randy Orton here, playing the cool, calm, collected, I'm just going to beat you because I'm Randy Orton character. Although, Christian did get his dander up in this video package when he messed with one thing you do not mess with Randy Orton, his tour bus. (laughs) It's been a rough few months for the Randy Orton tour bus. First CM Punk has a go outside the tour bus. And now Christian covers it in graffitos. (gasps) Teddy Long equals moron. Orton sucks with an X. Oh, man. Shut his butt down, didn't you? You better believe Randy Orton. He's got problems with his anger before he sees that. He's going to go off the deep end. Booker T, as Christian is coming out, says, This here, dogs, this is Christian's last run. Yeah, they've spent so long talking about, Oh, yeah, Christian. 
he's not got any more time left in him, so kind of needs to get a move on with this title belt. Seriously, like, it's so unfair. I remember like when Christian's last few matches, he was wrestling with Sheamus, and like they were literally saying things like, "You got to think, you know, Christian wants to stand aside for people like Sheamus. Fucking like, hell. how many more has he got well, left in him? Oh well, Edge is retired, so chances are Christian's not got long left in him. The match starts off with him turning the lights on and off in the ring. <laughs> Come on, I booked you an Uber. Come on, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Christian immediately starts to play into the stipulation by getting a chair and going around me. I love it so much. And you know what? The story here isn't Christian's a coward. The story here is Christian is meant to be this intelligent competitor. And he knows he wants to get the easiest path to victory. And that path is getting Randy to disqualify himself. Yeah. And that's a heel right that's, there. That's I'm not proper. even going to work to win this match. Yeah. Just give me the belt already. I'm gonna, like. He's like if I was like, you know, playing a wrestling game. I was like, right, I know the easiest way to win this match is to make, like, if this was a stipulation in a match on 2K, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking make him DQ himself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Here we go. Just like, breeze through the whole career mode. Absolutely. Either. It's the equivalent of there was a cheap glitch you could do in SmackDown, uh, Here Comes the Pain, which is if you took a table out Set it up in a corner, in a corner. And get the guy to throw you through. Mate, how do you think I beat that game so quickly? <laughs> Christian, like, he's coming out with a whispering, get the fucking table. Let <laughs> me get the table, put that shit in the corner. <laughs> Orton beats the shit out of Christian, who keeps using slaps and shoves as his offense. Mm. And, you know, fake ends. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I love the story here. Now, I'm going to blow your mind, but the kill switch does get reversed here. Yeah. No, really. No, I he know. He doesn't hit it. Could he you doesn't believe? hit that kill switch. Lovely dropkick by Randy Orton to a diving oh, Christian. The mid-air one. Fucking so quick. Like, Christian's already nearly on the floor before Randy's even left his feet. Like, amazing. What's incredible about these two is that this isn't even their best match because this is a match where they're playing the story of the DQ. Their match at SummerSlam that they have is breathtaking. Yeah. Like, these two just work that quick style, mm. perfect WWE style. They do it so, so well. Randy Orton starts making his comeback, but Christian hits the kill switch. Now, I'm going to say it, you might not realise this, but Randy kicks out of the kill switch. No. I know what. The I streak. Just, I know the kill switch. No one gets up from the, the kill switch. I, I swear that's never happened. Christian goes for the spear, which Randy avoids by jumping over Christian, which Love is that. fucking amazing. And these two just have this amazing back and forth. Mm. Like they read each other's minds almost. So slick the movements as we go between you know, Randy going for the punt, then he goes to get, uh, you know, Christian runs out of the ring, he goes for vintage Orton. I absolutely love how quickly Christian tries to slither away all yeah. the time. It's really, really great. And then Randy gets him in the corner and Christian spits in his mouth. It hits him right in the so mouth. So gross. So fucking horrible. And Randy didn't even say Oogie Mouth when he did it. Like, it's fucking the grossest thing. I, I can imagine Randy being like, shoot, pissed off when he gets backstage. I think he was like, you know, turned about his fair play, I guess. Because remember when Randy was doing his spitting gimmick with, with Foley and all the legends? Yeah. He spat in Foley's face once, right? And that fucking spit was dark green. Oh. He literally went... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, uh. <laughs> Wrestling can be too real. Because when you wrestle a lot, like the kind of fluid yeah, that comes out. Building it up. It's kind of like muffler fluid that comes out. Like, you know, it's that it's that dark and not dark in the colour, it comes from a dark place. <laughs> you know? It comes from a dark, dark place. The five count comes really, really close. Orton gets pulled away and he just kicks Christian right in the ball straight yeah. away. 
Christian wins and Randy Orton goes full-blown Randy Ortonberg here. I fucking love how he does this. This is like the start of wacky Randy Orton, I guess. Yes, the tongue sticking out. Ah! <laughs> I love that. Touch his toes, do the fucking yeah, high-fives. Good job, guns. <laughs> the guns, like... Randy Orton with his two big RKO's on an unbreakable table. Mm. I fucking love it. Yeah. Because Randy, like, literally walks away all the way. And he turns around. He's like, I'm going to go get him again. Yeah. That's when so Randy... Good. It's when he's at his coolest. When Randy just, like... Everyone goes, oh, Dean Ambrose has this, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin mm. quality. But Randy has this certain way where he's like, no, I'm going to go cause yeah. some chaos. And it's not for you fans... It's for me. Yeah, and I you actually, know? like, I know obviously this was, must have been planned, but it almost comes across like Randy's just gone into business for himself. Like, no, you know what? I'm going to do another one for the crowd. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm feeling good right now. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go and give him another. Like, he's great. And I love when Orton's walking away, you know, just like, you know, don't fucking touch me. Don't look at me. Like, yeah. totally killed to the back. And then Christian is like, literally like, holding the belt. Like, yeah, yeah. I won. <laughs> I'm too weak. And it can't kill me. <laughs> awesome. Love that match. My my only, only issue is on paper, the finish was great. That's makes wonderful sense in terms of storytelling. Literally in the terms of that's how the match ended. I think it was just far too like Obvious abrupt. It was gonna happen, yeah. no, not even necessarily that. Just like I think they could have made it have more impact. Like he just it's like quite short actually felt. Yeah, didn't it? yeah. The referee was just like no 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 stay away from him. And Randy's like blump kicked him in the ball. It's, it was so quick, and the referee bit, rings the bell immediately. It just felt like oh th- that's that's it then I yeah. guess. But in terms of a story, it made absolute sense, and everything after the match was. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Peak Orton, so I do, good. I do think it's well, like after you have Randy Orton like mercilessly kill this guy over and over again, it just gets to be a star. No one likes the bully. <laughs> Don't be a bully. Look at her; she doesn't even eat bully. <laughs> I'm sorry, I refuse to take be a star seriously. Yeah, it means fuck all. It means fuck all. Somehow less meaningful than Susan G. Coleman. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Like, at least these guys are trying to stop bullying. <laughs> They're actually doing They're something. They're researching bullying at least. <laughs> They've got some bullies in a lab. Like... bully awareness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're just going to increase. Yeah, bullying, you know. It's where this bully t-shirt yeah, the same thing. Just be aware of it. Check your kids once a month. Make sure they're not being bullied. Like. Now, where's my fucking check? <laughs> Coming up next, the main event of the evening for the WWE Championship if John Cena loses, he is fired. If CM Punk wins, he's leaving with the gold. It's John Cena versus CM Punk. Do I have everybody's attention now? I was suspended by Vincent K. McMahon because of some things that I said. I didn't get in trouble because I announced July 17th is the day my contract comes to an end. And trust me when I tell you, I am leaving, I am leaving with the WWE Championship. I didn't just get in trouble because I said this company inside and outside the ring are filled with a parade of shameless ass kissers. I didn't just get in trouble because of this little nugget. And I'd like, like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, dead, dead. I got in trouble basically because I have the balls to say things that nobody else has the balls to say. The 
never fear. Tonight, not only am I reinstated. CM Punk's reinstated. You've got your match. Vince McMahon desperately wants to sign me to a very long-term, very lucrative contract with World Wrestling Entertainment. It's funny to me that Vince is bending over backwards to give me everything I've ever wanted. My face got everything. I want cups, posters, spoons, knives, forks, my own jet. CM Punk the movie. And the reason it's funny is because all I've ever really wanted is this little microphone. See, this, this is power. I am the voice of the voiceless. Do I have everybody's attention now? In anybody else's hands, this is a microphone. In my hands, it's a pipe bomb. Vince, I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it and show me some respect. Vince, you will apologize for suspending me. You will apologize. Apologize. You will apologize and you Talk about hypocrites. Punk, you're the biggest hypocrite of them all. You are CM Punk. The hottest rappers in this industry today. You beat to your own drum, but in the path of doing things you want to do, you've lost sight of everything. I've lost sight. You are the one that's lost sight. That's lost sight. I am the underdog, and what you are is what you hate. You're the 10-time WWE champion. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, the champ is here. The champ you, is here. like the Red Sox, are no longer the underdog. You're a dynasty. You are what you hate. You have become the New York Yankees. Do I have everybody's attention now? Sunday night. Say goodbye to the WWE title. Say goodbye to John Cena. And say goodbye to CM Punk. CM Punk holds out for this championship. Do I have everybody's attention now? I loved this video package. Oh, one of the best. Like, definitely the best of this era, for sure, I'd say. The graphic that they show for Punk, which is him holding the lightning, yeah. and it's like the following is a message from CM Punk. I got, like, NWO vibes off yes, this. Yes, absolutely. I got, like... I got more Attitude Era from yep, this. the repeating... Like to think this company would be better when you die dies. I hate Austin. 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 I adored. Yeah, it was repeating. It was gritty. It was like anti-establishment. This was, if any point at this moment, where we have a little bit of attitude error. Because I mean, you look at tonight's man, tonight's card. You see some ladder matches, yeah, but with the last match that you saw on this graphic here, that's where you still get to feel a little bit of those attitude error yeah, crumbs. That feeling. And if there were people who were going to be drawn back in who were lapsed fans, like, you always use my brother as the example because he start, stopped watching when people like Randy Orton came around, but at the end of the attitude era, basically. Yeah. And if you sat down and you gave him WrestleMania 27 to watch, he would probably be like, well, I'm affirmed that I have not been wasting my time watching yeah. wrestling. If he watched this, he might go, God, what have I missed? Actually, yeah. This is pretty cool. Well, that's, that's why this pay-per-view is so good at bringing people like me back, like lapsed fans, because, you know, heaven forbid we actually give the fans what they want, give them, like, an actual bit of intrigue, actual characters. Like, yeah. Th this kind of booking 
does more to like rejuvenate the attitude era feelings than bringing back the rock could ever do because like, the, the attitude era wasn't just about a guy not at or all. an angle or even it being pg or raunchy it yeah. was about like that level of unpredictability yeah it was that kind of the quality of the writing and the yeah booking. like it was quality more i mean because we've said several times that the attitude era was stone cold but it is more than that. It is about the quality and the actual content and what they were giving people. The reason why it was, you know, for people like Stone Cold is that you've got someone who's like, here's a guy, we know why he's awesome, we're going to protect him, put him in a way mm-hmm. that makes him look awesome. Whereas this was a company which, you look at WrestleMania, you kind of go, well, here's John Cena. John just, like, I'm, Cena's got great qualities and you mm. never see any of them at this point. He's yeah. just, you're sick of seeing him all the yeah. time. You don't realise what he's good for. You see CM Punk here, you know straight away this guy can talk yeah. this guy's got an attitude this guy has got it this guy makes me excited and he's not fucking homogenized like the rest of the roster is at this point in yeah. time like, everyone's so bland and so dull and it's so good to have him just head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of character I must admit there's one or two phrases that he uses here which in the hindsight of a few years being passed Calling himself the v- 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 voice of the voiceless. Mm. A little bit much. I, I don't think you were the voice of the voiceless necessarily. You're talking about the voiceless meaning some of the boys backstage that are also disgruntled. Well, like during the Vince McMahon confrontation, he did things like, you know, you fired people like Luke Gallows, yeah. like Chris Masters. And I do, I appreciate like that. Yeah, but those guys didn't get hired back because of CM yeah. Punk. And I don't know, is... How much of that can you lay at Punk's feet? Because a lot of people will say the reason why WWE turned around at indie guys and started bringing in people was because they saw that Punk and Brian could draw or they had a following mm-hmm. and that's what made them ease up. I don't know though. Because I think a lot of it is to do with Triple H and him having his own little thing, NXT. That's, that's definitely true. I I, mm, I think I agree partially with it. Yeah. I'd say that like you know it's definitely got to have helped. Because it's not just like... Punk came in and he had like a bit of a good run and so that made Vince change his mind about indie guys. Like, Punk was the guy. Like, this whole show has been focused on Punk and he was being so centred as the most interesting guy in wrestling. It's so rare that they can't do that. Like, because they try that so hard with other guys. Like, hey, Roman Reigns is the guy. You know, no, he's fucking not. You know, and this is actually them kind of effortlessly doing that. Yeah, putting all of our stock in this one guy and the people are eating it up. Pipe bomb is a phrase yeah. that I've grown to hate. Don't like that anymore. Every time anyone cuts a promo, it's a fucking pipe bomb yeah. now. Oh, did you hear Cesaro's pipe bomb on WWE.com the other day? Yeah, between these four ropes. No, it wasn't a pipe bomb, mate. All right, you didn't even get the number of ropes right. Okay. <laughs> Paul Heyman with the original pipe bomb. Mm. Jim Ross dropping pipe bombs. Did you hear my pipe bomb? A- Fuck off. Punk has said himself now that he regrets coining that phrase because it's just taken off and become this crazy. Roddy Piper, the original pipe bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Piper's Pit was basically the place where they made the pipe bombs. The pipe bomb factory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was Dublin, wasn't it? That's where they made them. (laughs) Like, I mean, all of this already is unbelievable for the reasons we've said. The fact that this pay-per-view happened to land in Chicago this year, it's almost magic, like, the sequence of events that came together to make this feeling. Stars aligning, that type of moment. Yeah, Yeah. honestly it is, because we've said in so many matches in the podcast, like, oh, it's a big fight feel going into this one. 
but nothing has compared. Like maybe Triple H versus Jack in the Cell had a bigger feeling. Yes. Yeah. This is so huge, like on the scale that it's on. Like you yeah. can really feel that everyone has waited three hours just for this match. Like that's what they're here for. Is they only give a shit about this, and they're going to explode with excitement. I mean, they were great the whole night. The crowd. Oh no, don't, don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. that they were like sat on their hands. They still enjoyed the show and they made like, plenty of noise. But you can tell the reason they bought their tickets was just to see this match. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it was very perfect because this is an angle which. I mean, so much of what you see on TV that kind of informs the rest of the world, the rest of the country, who this guy is. Yep. You know, there's a reason why we like to debut guys in WWE the night after WrestleMania because there'll be a hot crowd, yeah, there'll be a reaction. lot of people watching. You know, and having Punk here doing this moment here as opposed to, you know, having it in Arkansas or whatever yeah. basically ensured that it was going to get over mm-hmm. the, to the best of its ability. At the end when uh, Vince McMahon said, John Cena, if you don't beat CM Punk... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like I try, I I thought, oh, that's a distortion that they've done there to make him seem scarier. And then I went back to playing the episode and actually listened to it, and it's like John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? You don't want to mess with him, mate. Clearly not. No, you don't want to find out what he's talking about. John Cena losing the match here, and of course, as we all now know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the following contest. <laughs> if John Cena does not win. <laughs> An unreal pop for CM Punk when he comes out. Unbel- oh, and like I said before, the amount of signs. Like it is, again, almost like the action era, a sea of people showing their support. My favorite one. Big old sign, like it's huge, but you really have to like pause the DVD and just, like squint in and get close to. What does that say? It's, CM Punk is going to Muay Thai kick John Cena so hard he'll explode into millions of fruity pebbles. Wow! One piece of card with that written on it. I think a lot as well. I think this needs to be pointed out. When Punk has come in here, the the reaction from him is so fucking strong. Mm. A lot of this, I'm not sure how much, because, I mean, it is Chicago and Punk was, you know, riding this wave of momentum. A lot of it, though, is not so much we love Punk, but we hate Cena. Yeah. Oh, definitely that. And it's very, very easy now when, like, Cena is, you know what, if you're someone who's like, I hate John Cena, mm. I'm going to boo him when he comes out. Yeah, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Come on now. Like, you know, he, he has amazing matches. Yeah, we're past that stage. He's past it. But at this is a point where it was like, Oh, you know, 2011 was a rough fucking year mm. for Super Cena, you know, killing the Nexus, the shit with the fucking rock, the shit Maze. burying Miz. Oh, it was just like, really, had a, everyone had a bad taste in yeah. their mouth about Cena. And I had kind of, I'd gotten over him, like, by 2010, I was like, look, I just don't give a fuck anymore. Mm. Like, the amount of energy it took to hate John Cena yeah. made me it was like, look, either I'm going to stop watching wrestling or I'm going to get over this John Cena yeah. thing because I can't actually sit here going, Argh! Well, me and you have been at bars before now where people are like, fuck John Cena, he's cancer. He is the cancer of the WWE. And there was that one lad that for three minutes straight held his fingers up at the screen like, fuck you, yeah, We went to a fucking bar to watch like, Royal Rumble and John Cena comes out the guy turns around. Yeah, like, it's like, we're like, trying to have a good time. Mate, like, you're here to watch the wrestling. It's, yeah. If you don't like him, someone might hit him, you know? Hey! You're impacting your enjoyment of this more than John Cena is. Like, I think we can, a lot of us can look back, because I mean, I know, like, I think, oh, I was quite reasonable with my John Cena hatred and all mm. that, but you know what? When the Roman Reigns hatred came around this time as well, it's mm. just kind of, you know what? Yeah, he's fucking a bit shite and it's not the way we want it to be, but I'm burnt out. Yeah. As a wrestling fan, 
Jesus, you've only got so much negativity in you, mm. you know? And I think I was so burnt out by, like, the John Cena hate from, from so many of my years. I regret, like, focusing so much of my attention on hating John Cena and nothing yeah. else. Because he would have good matches, and I'd be like, fuck it, it's John yeah, Cena, yeah. you know? Like, he had an amazing match with Umaga, I remember once. I was like, oh, fuck it, John Cena. Mm. And it was amazing. I couldn't see it because I just had this bee in my bonnet. But a lot of the reaction here was because people were hoping to see Cena. And that's totally fair. Yeah. Like, I mean... If, again, to compliment the booking, you think that when I was watching this, I thought to myself, like, I wonder how different the vibe would be if we had all the same stipulations, all the same builds, but instead it was going to be, say, Punk versus Orton or mm. someone. It wouldn't be that same kind of explosive no. because people were so fed up of Cena yeah. and so ready for Punk. Like, there could not have been a more perfect opponent when at a perfect time. When you have that kind of like, here's the guy we want to anoint and here's the guy who we're kind of sick of, mm. that's just like, that's the perfect... That's like, Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles or something <laughs> yeah. like that, you know? Well, I was going to say like, you know, Austin versus Michaels where it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, you know, here's exactly. the guy who represents the stuff that we don't like about wrestling anymore. Here's the guy who's making us excited about wrestling. The change. Yeah, here's yeah. the change. I hope this guy fucking wins. You know, when yeah. Brock beat Rock, the same thing you could say for mm. that as well. So this was definitely like... There was a mood of changes in the air here. Like, things were not going to be the same after this. Punk gets huge reaction. John gets huge boos and immediate you can't wrestle chance. Mm -hmm. The image, though, of Punk when he just, like, comes into the ring and he, like, sits down cross-legged in the middle and it zooms out and the crowd is just fucking electric. Exploding for him. You know, it's 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 shocking, like, that amount of support that mm. one guy could have. Yeah. And it makes the constant CM Punk chance even to this day. You know, I mean, I think if you chance CM Punk at a TV show these days, it's like, what are, what are you yeah. hoping to accomplish here? What's the matter with like, you? He doesn't want to be there. They don't want him to be yeah. here. What are you trying to accomplish? But there are people who I think are diehard, firebrand CM Punk fans mm. for life. And it's because of moments like this. You can this. see why. Like, it's almost mythical, yeah. the kind of reception he gets Absolutely. here. It's unbelievable. It's shocking, because you were not getting reactions like that at that time. Mm, not not I, anyone. Can you think of anyone on the current roster who would get this type of reaction no. in a crowd? As, as much as I love the current roster, no one is this over. I, I think like, it's... You know, for a town and a guy, I, I would struggle to think of anyone. Mm. CM Punk gets a nice flurry at the start, and I like that here, unlike so many other matches where people were facing against Cena, where they weren't afraid to give Punk a bit of offense. Because Punk was always smaller, he always got beaten up by Taker, mm. got beaten up by Orton, got beaten up by Cena. He looks big league here, because he's hanging toe-to-toe He's the threat. Yeah. He, he is the danger in this match. Like That's what's great about it. I love that, because Vince and Cena are both scared of what Punk can mm -hmm. do, and he can beat you, and like, oh, you're the next thing. I don't know if he can beat the CM Punk. Or, yeah. you know, that's just really, really awesome. Cena mounts an early comeback, and he gives a hellacious fucking clothesline to CM Punk. He gets rocked hard, and we get our gloop of the night. <laughs> as CM Punk releases around five milliliters of a semi-viscous liquid. <laughs> there is a persistent kiddie contingent even here in Chicago which warms my heart oh the let's go Cena it's very small but they're still there <laughs> Cena it's so small it almost sounds like Michael Cole has made a joke <laughs> Cena sucks <laughs> Cena sucks <laughs> let's go Cena Cena sucks is so funny to me because we're in fucking Chicago mm. CM Punk John Cena in the ring mm. who's the one name that's being chanted here all night it was CM Punk chants yeah. once they're in the ring the people who hate him 
chant his name. Mm. People love him for chanting his name. Yeah. I always think that's very telling about Cena. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, when people hate, were going sick of other wrestlers, they wouldn't chant their name. No. You know, it's just, I just think it's so funny that even in this match, this environment, you are still getting majority of the chants are about Cena. Yeah, they're focused on him. Very, very interesting indeed. You wouldn't have gotten that if it was Randy Orton or no, whoever it was definitely that you were saying. True. At ringside, Punk slaps hands with some fans. Uh, literally, Jerry and uh, Booker T are like, oh, that's some fans he's there talking with. And it's literally Cole Cabana. <laughs> little mini Cole Cabana chant there. I feel bad for Cole because I feel like a lot of people expected, myself included, that he was going to do well out yeah, of this. Yeah, get a rub from Punk. And like, he didn't get a tryout and yeah. multiple tryouts and nothing ever came of no. it. And yet, apparently they're not even mates anymore. No. I know what an absolute shame I really hoped that one day you know it was going to end with Colt back in NXT or something like have a real go of it this time like but it's like this is going to sound so lame but I do think one of the most sad things about CM Punk's current situation is the fact that literally one of the most pure friendships I yeah. could think of like one of those pure relationships in wrestling I can think of like people are genuinely friends you ever listen to Colt's Thanksgiving specials, Christmas specials, mm. and he has, you know, Cliff and CM Punk on, and they're just hanging around, chatting. You hear so many depressing stories about guys like Edge, who's like, you know, I left and didn't talk to anyone anymore. Because yeah. you're on the road with them, you don't talk to them. And Punk and Colt were like, good mates. Yeah. And because of bullshit stemming from his departure, really, they're not Super mates anymore. Sad. Like, the really only thing sad. maybe sadder than that would be to find out that Heyman and Punk were no longer friends. Because, like, that goes back just as long, pretty much. Or, like, and, Terry Funk and Mick Foley were not yeah. mates anymore, or something like that. You yeah, know? that is really sad, isn't it? Because at least it when, when he's like, oh, it's sad that he left WWE, but at least he's happy. He's got a good life and everything. But, like, oh, to lose your best friend. Like, yeah, a lot of barriers kind of going up in Punk's life at times, it seems. Mm. It's a bit, a bit upsetting. Big knee to Big John's big head. Fucking clatters the fuck out of him. Oh, God, it's disgusting. Booker T starts talking about how he's never been WWE champion out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it's he's not like, about you, man. He was trying to put over the bell. He's like, oh, CM Punk wants to win the WWE championship. But let me tell you something. Out of all the championships I've held in my career, I've held many championships. I was a five-time... It is literally... You're long in the tooth yeah. now, Buck. It's not about you here, mate. Sit down and shut up. Punk, it's a very nice cross-body block. It's very interesting to see how much Punk had slowed down in his later years. Mm. Even compared you know, from here to his debut, and even you know, if you look at his later years, where he wasn't even doing the high Just knee anymore. falling off the top rope to do the elbow. You know, short arm clotheslines, yeah. sloppy right hands. He got banged up. Mm. There's he did. No, yeah. Absolutely. He, he did. got worn out, I think, over those years. John Cena with a really sick suplex clatters Punk onto the outside. Ugh. Booker T compares John Cena to Rocky in Rocky IV. Mate, it's Chicago, not Soviet Russia. Like, come on. Like. A real cool image is uh, when Cena's on the outside and Punk goes for a big suicide dive and he does the, the fist oh, out. Oh, yeah, screams. screams right in the camera. Oh, man. So I'm to point out as well about Punk. Debuting a new look and what's meant to be your last night. That was really yeah, cool. really new cool. New t-shirt, new hair, yeah. new uh, facial hair. That was really, really awesome. But yeah, big suicide dive. John Cena comes in and starts going through his... Uh, through his shit, hits the five-knuckle shuffle, goes to the attitude adjustment, CM Punk evades onto his arse. He gets him up in the attitude adjustment, he flips him over, oh, yeah. Punk goes to the feet, he lands right Not in his quite. arse. Yeah. Now, I, uh, this may seem like a mean thing to say, but I don't know if it's a case of Cena, or if it's a case of Punk, or if it's a case of just modern styles are 
a little bit more refined. But if you compare this to, like, say, Cena and Kevin Owens, mm. or Cena and AJ Styles, or Cena and Seth, or any of those matches, those big matches with kind of athletic guys, I mean, they're a lot crisper, those matches. Oh, yeah, I mean, th- this is one of my points I wanted to bring up about this, is that I know this is, like, the only WWE match that Meltzer gave five stars. In a long, in a long, long time, time, yeah. And it's amazing. Definitely one of the best matches of this generation of wrestling. But... It's not by any means perfect. There are a couple of slip-ups. Do you and- think the standard of wrestling has increased, like, as in the threshold of what we consider to be athletic, amazing stuff? Because I remember at the time yeah. people were, like, blown away by this match. Yeah, I think the roster is so talented nowadays that it's going to be... You're going to be hard-pressed when you go back five years looking at any matches. Like, they're all going to seem a bit dull by comparison. Or the average, messy. Yeah, like- the average wrestling style, I guess, now incorporates a lot of the spectacular indie stuff. you got a lot yeah. more crisp guys, I guess. But it's interesting to see, you know, how it's aged even in these few years. CM Punk gets put in the STF. Michael Heel Cole kicks in, screaming, Tap out, Punk! Tap out, Punk! Yeah. Literally, the best thing about Heel Michael Cole is him screaming for a babyface to tap out. And yeah. being like, No! Don't tap out! <laughs> Don't listen to him! Cross body block off the top rope. Cena rolls through into the attitude adjustment, which gets countered into the GTS, which gets countered into the STF. Holy shit. You got Cole and the guys literally going, come on, John. (laughs) Come on. Punk counters it into the Anaconda vice. He manages to escape the STF. And that was a moment where everyone was like, fuck it. He's going to lose in his hometown. The kick out, though, after John Cena pops in the attitude adjustment. Whoa. Holy shit, that was unexpected. Punk didn't kick out of those types of moves. Mm. That was like a Randy Orton or Triple yeah, H thing. he's not that guy. And you're not that guy. No. You're treating him like that guy. You've went into my career. You've went to the accelerator, haven't you? <laughs> you've, you've upped the stats to a more accurate figure. Uh, you're glad you... you bought the season pass now, aren't you? <laughs> a very sloppy catch powerbomb by Punk. Yeah, again, another of these moments where it's like, Mm. They have these awesome sequences, but like there are all these moments where it's like a little, mm, a little yeah. bit like, and not kind of like, oh, you nearly killed him. It's an oh, that could have looked a little nicer. It just, yeah, it's just a bit sloppy. Yeah, Cena with his terrifying leg drop. Geez, we speak too fucking soon. Oh. I, I don't think, even though we're reviewing Cena stuff now, I'll ever get used. No, I to hate him. it. I fucking despise it. Big attitude adjustment. Another fucking kick out. Mm. Not again. Super attitude adjustment set up by John Cena, which gets reversed again with the symbolic Ring of Honor elbows. Yes. Mythical Ring of Honor nice. elbows. Punk hits the top rope Hurricanrana, gets the GTS. I love the way Punk like goes, dies for Cena oh, as he collapses through the ropes. Out the ring. Because oh. Cena is so heavy and big, it's like, oh god, I'm not gonna be able to get him up. Never in gonna time. lift him. Vince and Big Johnny appear as Punk gets put into the STF. John Cena leaves the STF as Big Johnny goes to call for the bell. And John Cena's like, nah, we're going to do this straight up in here. This chai time. This is how we do it. Where my chain gang at, yo? <laughs> Punk, though, hits the GTS straight away as Cena comes into the ring. Punk wins. And fucking hell, Cole with the response. Punk wins at... Oh my god! <laughs> the whole thing plays out perfect because everyone's like, oh, he'll win, but then Del Rio will just cash in, or he'll win and yeah. he'll stop it. And you've got Del Rio coming, like Vince, like, get that get that Del Rio guy out here because yeah. he doesn't even know who the fuck it is. Like, let's get that, get that Del Rio guy out here. Gets kicked in the face, punk through the crowd, and Vince is like, oh my god. It's actually happened. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, and he blows him the kiss and then just runs away. Like, 
what an amazing conclusion. Having seen everything that comes after this, and we'll be looking at the shortcomings of how yeah, of we'll punks, get to that of how punks summer kind of fell apart and became you know that summer you really hoped to be a great summer and you just mm. sitting around masturbating <laughs> and doing nothing you know, kind of became like that you know so that all being said and even with me looking back and going on this pay per view which is not as great as I remember mm. for me this is like I would have said one of the all time classic pay per views yeah. and I can think in the last two years of at least two pay-per-views that I've preferred to this one mm. all that being said though this moment and this match and this finish that is like the stuff that wrestling is made of yeah it's pure magic it it's- is the absolute magic magic moments mm-hmm. when you saw this live what was like what did you think was happening next oh I had not a clue what the fuck was up or down anymore like I had no idea because I was so certain that Punk was just going to lose because I thought his contract was expired he was just going to go away so then to think like well fuck it he must have been signed then I guess like maybe that he is what's going I didn't get it at all like completely just it was one of those where I just couldn't even... It's not when the streak ended and you're like, can't comprehend it. No, it's, it's funny because... Like, not right. There's something that's not right about this. So. I was going to ask you, because this was... What was great about this is just the moment of what happens now. Yeah. And like I was immediately excited about what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Like, what could happen next? Yeah. And I'm trying to think of moments since then where that has happened, where it's like, what the fuck happens now? Yeah. And I think of two moments. The only ones I can think of are streak ending... And Lesnar killing Cena yeah. in that SummerSlam match. Yeah. But those moments are few and far between where it's like, you know, whatever about good match, good show, it's just like, what the fuck is gonna what happen? Next, yeah. This did this hook you back in straight away then? Yes. Not like full time. I'm a wrestling fan again. It was like <laughs> rip off your shirt a pre-existing shirt underneath there that's slightly too small, like. No, I watched Raw the next night, like sat there like the whole time, like <laughs> Where is he? When is he going to come out? And I was like gutted that, you know, it was just sort of like, oh, I guess he's not going to be around for a bit. And we'll get into like everything that happens afterwards. But yeah, this is what started me off on wrestling again. Is it very interesting that this can start you back onto wrestling mm-hmm. and what came next yeah. managed to keep you and yeah. not turn you e- away? Even though everything that happens happened, I still was watching it. This bonus stuff that we're doing at the moment. So, I mean, Adam, we will be dipping into the kind of the main moments in Summer of Punk as we go along. Mm. And I do think a lot of people have always been like, this show, this match, awesome. Everything else, fuck that. They fucked it all up. And I don't think that's true because you can say, this is what brought people back, but it was shit. Yeah, because then we would just, it would be like WrestleMania 27. We'd stop watching straight after. Something obviously clicked Mm -hmm. along the way. Overall thoughts on Money in the Bank 2011. Uh, Is it as good as you remembered? No, it's definitely a B minus of a show, I think. I don't think that's necessarily this show's fault. Is this um, a show that you've watched many times since you first watched it? I've seen the main event like dozens of times. Yeah. The actual show, this is only my second time watching the whole pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of not fair because we're looking at it from a point of view where five years later we've got maybe the best roster that's ever existed in wrestling. Yeah. Like, it's so stacked. So, and one of my biggest complaints about this show is that the roster is fucking pathetic. Fucking weak roster, really yeah. Weak. Like, they've not got any stars, and it just makes it tough to give a shit about so many matches. Both Money in the Bank matches, I thought, were quite subpar because I didn't really care about the people in yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. 
Henry and Big Show was a lovely surprise. I've got to admit, that was really great. But I just feel like it was a bit of a... It was only six matches on the whole you know, card. Like, yeah, one of the reasons why I think people look back at this and like this pay-per-view so much is that there was... Usually on a WWE pay-per-view in 2011, you look at fucking Capital Punishment the month before and you've got like four or five matches that are just dog shit. Or just yeah. bo- that's boring. Yeah. You know, it's real boring matches with feuds you don't care about. Fucking Ziggler and Kofi for the Intercontinental US, whatever the fuck, no one yeah. cares. And the reason why this, I think, match, this pay per view stood out so much is that, you know, with the exception of the Divas match, which by no means raised any eyebrows because that was just how they booked their women back then. Yeah. This was like just, whoa, all these matches were great. Yeah. You know, these there were no matches that were terrible, there were no matches that were boring. So that's like unheard of. Yeah, no, I, I think, like, as an actual wrestling show, it's not amazing. It's good, it's not amazing. But considering the climate at the time was like wrestling fans were sick of WWE being WWE, I think this show was so good for breathing new life into the product. Yeah, I think so. Just making things a bit more interesting, like Brian's got the Money in the Bank briefcase now and CM Punk just ran away with the WWE title. Those two things alone. Yeah, exactly. There's so much intrigue to be had from that. And I think a lot of the things, when people talk about the Attitude Era, one of the big things about it was the fact that you had new faces Mm -hmm. coming in Getting rid of the stuff that you were bored of. Yeah. Okay? If you think about when John Cena's been on top since 2005, that's six years on the top at this point in time. 1998, who's been on top for six years since 1992? Yeah. Hulk Hogan or fucking Randy Savage. Long gone. Sting, Ric yeah. Flair, the guys who, honestly, that's not what the young fans were after. That's not what people wanted. They wanted a change. They wanted new faces. Brian and Punk were those faces. And while I don't like to use the analogy of you know people like, oh, Brian and Punk, it's like Austin and The Rock. Mm. It's not the same thing because they never drew like those guys did. But they were two faces of kind of a style of wrestling and they were two faces that people could really cling on to. Change and as well. And Punk just represented that change. Mm. And I must say, it's been really refreshing going through this show and the show is actually, I was worried I would come away going, oh, that one was nowhere near as good. It was all hype. Mm. There was a lot of nostalgia play here. Mm. A lot more than I thought there could yeah. have been. That being said, I'm very happy that CM Punk stuff still holds up for me. Yes. Because I kind of, I've not say Punk has been ruined for me, but Jesus Christ, the last few years, I just... He has, you know, I, I, I went from being say, a big fan yeah. to being not such a big fan. I think he has been ruined because before he left WWE, it was like, no fucking doubt about it. He is my favorite wrestler. He is the greatest wrestler that has ever wrestled in a ring. He is a god to this industry. And then he left and he did the podcasts and everyone was like, fuck the way he was treated. And you yeah. know, just, it made him even more revered because of all of his treatment. And then something about the last couple of years where it's been all the lawsuits, complaining, his UFC thing was like, oh, I promise I'm going to wrestle for UFC at some point. I swear I'm getting around to it. Like, there's just a lot of sort of things that just took away from his, like, perfect image that he has. So I know exactly what you mean. I was worried, like, I'm not so big on him nowadays. Maybe I'm not going to enjoy this as much as I used to. But no, this was still fucking gold. Yeah, I hope, because, I mean... I like to think that there's more to CM Punk than his departure. Yeah. yeah, frankly. And that promo. And I like to think that we're going to maybe find out a little bit about this as we go through the Summer of Punk. 
And as of course we continue our watch through with the Rock's return with Mr. Billy Cable. Well, thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Aditira Podcast. As always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher Radio, leave a rating or review, subscribe, go back and check out all our previous episodes. We reviewed the Attitude Era. You should go check it out. There's quite a number of episodes there. If you are on your old social media, give us a follow on Twitter at AE Podcast or on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Give us a like, stay in touch. If you want more visual content, go to Vimeo.com forward slash AE Podcast where you can find some classic highlights from the podcast put to video. I would normally at this point in the show plug our Vine account as well, but they shut down Vine, so who gives a shit about it's, it? It's no longer Vine time, unfortunately. No. Can I just say, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Is there a I way mean, that we can hold download them or something? Let's be fair, we didn't really use our Vine that often on any podcast, but you guys with Wrestling Move Monday on How To. Like, oh god, don't get me fucking that's started. That's fucking unfair. I'm, I'm going to miss Vine terribly, yeah. I must say so. Well, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time the Editor of Podcast. For myself, Adam and Billy, we'll be continuing our Rock's Return review. And we're looking at a Survivor Series 2011. Oh, God, I instantly regret doing that. Awesome truth. Oh, God! Uh.